When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain down I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man What's up, Reebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of Three Swings, this podcast you're listening to. Um, I This is a really exciting episode. Um, I think you're going to love it. Um, I, number one, I just want to say, like, this is going to be an interview episode. Um, this week was Memorial Day, so there was a lot of baseball. Uh, I actually, the Friday before baseball, the Friday before baseball, I'm just going to take that again. Uh, the Friday before Memorial Day, I was in Nashville and got to go to a Nashville Sounds game, which I was super excited about because I haven't been to a minor league game in a really, really long time, and they're not super accessible in Southern California. So it was fun to do that. I spent uh, 50 bucks and got literally the best seat in the ballpark and watched almost all of the game, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it was weird to be there by myself because it's just a little more fun to have a buddy. But, um, you know, it was right there. I got to see all, like, everything was, uh, there were two scouts sitting behind me, so I got to hear them, like, talk about all the pitch sequences and wonder why they were going with the curve instead of a change up there, and I I don't know, it was really wonderful. And thanks to everybody that came out to the Birmingham, Huntsville, and Nashville shows. You were all wonderful. I had a great time, and I cannot wait to come back. But this episode is a Memorial Day weekend sort of special. Um, there was a really fantastic piece that went around on Twitter on Memorial Day um, up on the UniWatch Twitter handle, which uh, follow them if you haven't already, because person I... You know me. I like all aspects of the game. I'm a real hat hog. I love a real hat horse, you know? I love baseball hats a lot, and I also just like uniforms, and that person posts a lot about baseball, but also all sports. And so um, he did uh, like a phone interview with Nick Francona, who formerly worked with the Mets and the Angels and uh, the Dodgers, uh, who also happens to be the son of Tito Francona, the manager of the Cleveland baseball team. Um, an interview with him, somebody I'd been following for quite some time, who's been very outspoken about um, like veterans issues in the game and then also like military presence in, in Major League Baseball, period. Um, and it was a really, really fascinating read. I really... A lot of it struck a chord with me, and I a lot of it was new information. Some of it was information I'd heard before. Um, I highly recommend reading that interview. Um, but he also is a person who's been outspoken about domestic violence issues, and there was a Sports Illustrated article that I either missed or somehow blacked out about his experience with the Dodgers and some very serious uh, domestic assault and sexual assault issues that have happened 
in that clubhouse and that have sort of been swept under the rug. I don't like how the article was presented necessarily. And that's out of, uh, you know, Nick's hands. Cause it's not an interview. It's an article. Um, so just like a prep there that there's some stuff in there that I feel is questionable, like framing around the victim and then framing around the, the alleged uh, players that did the assaults. Um, no charges were filed. So that's why I'm saying alleged. Uh, but pretty eye opening and, um, so uh, I, I sent out that UniWatch interview and uh, some of Nick's friends told him about it and told him that he should reach out to me to uh, continue the conversation. And then he did. And so we're going to. So uh, what follows is uh, near like we're it, <laughs> we talked for two hours and it was a great conversation. And I really hope I hope that you enjoy it. Um, I think that you're going to. Um, you know, I really feel like the interview that you're about to listen to is the kind of conversations that a lot of us should be having just in general. Um, and I'm really grateful that he reached out to me, really grateful that I still had my LinkedIn so he could find me. (laughs) So shout out to LinkedIn. I give a shout out in the interview, but I want to give an extra one. Um, so yeah, I just think this interview is literally why I started doing this podcast. And so, uh, please, you know, get a cup of coffee, put those earbuds in, start doing that task that you've been putting off. That's going to take a while. And, uh, shout out to Nick Francona for reaching out to me and for spending so much time on the podcast. And I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. So, uh, my guest, I'm really excited about this and it's, uh, I cannot wait for this conversation to start. Um, Nick Francona, thank you so much for being on three swings. Thanks for it. Yeah. Um, I would love it if you just like introed yourself. Cause I love when people introduce, introduce themselves. Cause I feel like I get the most important things when it happens that way. Sure. So I, uh, I spent the past handful of years working in, uh, in major league baseball front offices for, for a couple different teams. Um, prior to that, I was an officer in the Marine Corps. Uh, I grew, grew up around baseball. Um, I played through college. My, uh, my, my father works in baseball. My, and my, my dad and grandpa both, uh, both played major league baseball. So something I, I grew up around and kind I'm of kind of familiar with those guys. <laughs> I'm from, uh, yep. I'm from Akron, Ohio. Might be a fan yeah. of those guys and their work. <laughs> yep. A, uh, and, and so it, uh, it's something I, I always wanted to to be a part of, and and it, I, I think the the experience the past couple of years that we can get into has been a little interesting in that I, in some ways, kind of grew up as like the consummate baseball insider, and of uh, have, I think having had that like experience in between of going to the going to the Marine Corps and getting some different perspectives, and and coming coming back into baseball with a different experience, I think. Uh, caused me to, to see some things a little bit a little bit differently than than most in in the game and and i think uh has led to a little a little bit of turmoil just a touch just a touch yeah. um you know that's something that like almost everybody that i talk to on this show that's that's interesting to me about baseball is that baseball starts at a very 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 young age you know like for me i i, I don't remember some of my earliest memories are baseball, you know, and it wasn't even yeah. going, you know, like I'm, I'm sure our exper- early experiences with baseball are very different, but at the same time, probably pretty similar. And that's kind of why I've done this show is because like, uh, baseball itself 
is just like to me such a universally like american experience and american can be pretty universal in terms of like your experience of that even um but like i just remember it being such a part of my life from the beginning you know and can you speak to that a little bit like what it was like really being just in baseball from your earliest moments yeah and i was probably i mean i i was probably too young when i have like vague memories of uh of when my dad played in the big leagues mm-hmm. but was um I, I was pretty young then so like a lot of my like really good memories growing up are from uh when he was he was managing in the minor leagues and and wherever uh wherever he was at the time where it, it, he he was in the white Sox system coming up as a coach and manager in in places like south bend indiana and a couple years in birmingham alabama going there for the summer and and the minor leagues are, are a lot a lot less restrictive in terms of access and as a kid you can hang out in the dugout and run around on the field and kind of be right in there with it so it was uh it was interesting in that like when he uh when he became a a, a big league coach and manager it was almost like like you know in a lot of ways that's like the the dream come true for him and and uh, as a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can't have like free free run of the place anymore. <laughs> right? You can't just like <laughs> run out onto Fenway. <laughs> yeah, but we got to go to a lot of cool places. Um, like some one of my best me- memories and uh, really like, awesome life experiences was he uh, coached uh, at Aguilas Cibaenas in Santiago, Dominican Republic for a winter. So we uh, we ostensibly got homeschooled for that that winter. That was uh. That, that's probably a bit of a stretch and spent most of my uh most of my time at the ballpark with him. sure yeah i mean that's an education right <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> that's pretty amazing and just to say because i don't think we've said so your dad is tito francona uh who is currently the manager of the cleveland baseball team um I personally refer to them as the Cleveland baseball team on this podcast because that's the consensus of most of my listeners and myself that I'm like, yeah, they're they're, they're the Cleveland baseball team. But um, tell your dad thanks for the work in 2016. I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that we we can get into that topic uh, uh, at some point. That's a uh, a fascinating one, I think, for for a variety of reasons. Oh man, I would love to find out because <laughs> I can't let that one go. <laughs> no. I don't know if I ever will. You know. Um, Wow, I'm like blanking because we're in the middle of a conversation. But previous Mike Hargrove, somebody I, I was watching. I don't know if you watched the uh, Believeland documentary made by a, uh, or was it that? I don't know. I don't remember. It was a uh, one documentary on on Cleveland, the baseball team. Um, somebody asking him like, so uh, how long did it take you to get over that 1997 loss? And he's like, I don't know. Keep asking me. <laughs> Basically, like, uh, you know, it's like. Uh, it's it's funny how long these things stick with you. But yeah, we can get back into that one. So the reason why I wanted to have you on, well, you reached out to me on LinkedIn, which is great. I just want to give a shout out to LinkedIn. And I'm glad I haven't deleted that thing because otherwise, who knows if this would have even happened. So thanks to LinkedIn uh, for this. And I will give I will give a shout out to some of your colleagues who are very responsive as well. You guys uh, were right on the ball there. Oh, amazing. I'm glad. Um, yeah, you told me some people reached out to you about it. Um Because, like, honestly, what you've been doing from, you know, this is all from afar, and now we're in conversation, but, like, man, I told you this when you reached out. I, like, I've respected what you've been doing publicly for, it's been a couple years now, at least, right? Like, four or five years? Um, Uh, Yeah, probably, uh, I've been, not not quite that long, but I've been, uh, I've been outspoken on a couple some of, some of these topics for probably two 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 and a half years now. Yeah, and and I mean that's a long time in baseball. That's a long time, you know, mm-hmm. and even in social media, that's a long time. Um, but the 
the most recent thing and uh why kind of we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff um was uh it was memorial day this past weekend and you've been pretty outspoken about um the mlb's participation in memorial day but more specifically like their uniforms and merchandising and all that business and i think i also read an interview with you within the last two years about like just uh the spent the military spending in professional sports but specifically baseball um so i mean i'd love to hear your because I, I read that interview with you on uni watch which is one of my favorite twitter follows um <laughs> after uh yesterday he tweeted out like somewhere every single day it's military appreciation day in baseball <laughs> because there's just not a day that goes by now that that a team isn't wearing a camo uniform um and i just love to hear more of your thoughts on that because i thought that was a really wonderful interview um and as somebody who served in the military i think you know I, I don't think that your opinion is more valuable but i think often we don't get that opinion you know there's just this like i think everything is i and I don't mean your opinion isn't valuable. I just think everyone's opinion is valuable on it. Um, and I think we just sort of paint with this broad brush of like, don't criticize the troops or I'm going to criticize the troops. And it's like, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of conversations to be had in between those two opinions. I feel like, you yeah, know, well, there, there's two really good points that you bring up there that I, I, I want to address like at the outset Let's is do that, it. like the idea that like if, if you served like your voice counts more. Like I think, I think you like, like, like yes, you are like a a stakeholder and or should be like an essential part of the conversation to capture that. But one, it it's like the military is an enormous organization. It's not a monolithic entity. There, are people that that serve have hold opinions across the variety of the, the entire spectrum. And, and so I think like the idea that like, I, like I certainly do not speak for, for all veterans. There are veterans that are going to hold other opinions and, and those should be heard as well. And, and that, that's true on any topic. And then on the corollary to that is I, I think the, and I think these are very much re related in that like the more we have this kind of like superficial, like put the military on a pedestal, but don't really like actually think about like why or for what reason mm -hmm. it, it's and it's i don't think it's actually like particularly genuine is this idea that like we can't question anything and nothing is it, beyond reproach and and that's actually like really unhealthy and i think there, there's people far smarter than i have i am have talked about like kind of the reasons for that and almost like a uh overcorrection from the the post-vietnam era but I think it's it, I think there are like some some pretty troubling implications from that of where we we discount like voices and, and the dialogue around it is like is pretty unhealthy. And it becomes this sort of like robotic, mindless exercise of if we if we wear camo and stand up and clap for, for a couple seconds each game, like like all is, all is good. We we support our troops and it, it almost becomes this like kind of like bullshit virtue signaling. Oh yeah, I I mean I could not agree with you more. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty wild and how like you bring up like robotic like it does because to me you know there's all these flyovers all the time and like like every game pretty much and it just doesn't and to to bring it specifically to Memorial Day I feel like we've lost the thread of what that day even really is supposed to be about like that day is not just like respect the troops God bless America like it's 
literally a day to remember the people who have died in military service. <laughs> and those and are the people I, whose opinions can't exist anymore because they're not here because they died in war. And we should maybe like think about that a little bit, you know? Yeah. And that's, that, that was like what really kind of got me like going on this one was the, and one of the common responses you get is, is like, okay, like all sports do this. And, and like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, as I, I see that they wear other like camo uniforms and like got it. I'm not, I can't speak all that intelligently about the, the specifics of those arrangements and, and what the finances look like. Cause I, I've done a lot of homework on the baseball side and I've had some access to it. I, I have not done that with the other leagues, but I will say that like, I, I, I do think it's probably just an accident of the calendar that baseball happened to fall Memorial Day happens to fall during the baseball season. Mm -hmm. But like that, 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 that's not like, okay, like we're going to seize upon this. <laughs> right. And if, and if you look at the, if you look at the way they went about it in the past, it was, um, I think they've been doing this for probably about a decade. And if you're, if you're going to do this and then not like, it, it's apparently this like benevolent exercise and we're not going to talk to like a vet, like have veterans involved or even bother like speaking to gold star families, but it's ostensibly to help them. Like that's, that's called a scam, not, not a charity endeavor. Uh, I, absolutely. I mean, none of it. I was just thinking today when I was walking my dog that um I did happen to watch a game that did happen to mention one player who died in service. And, like, mm -hmm. we don't even talk about that. <laughs> like, it, it, there should just be, you know, the names of all the players who have played for that organization who died in war. Because it's that's many, you know, because these are, these are male professional athletes, you know. Um, and we're not even doing that. And it, it does, it, it's just like, I don't understand. And, I mean, I think you get to the point very quick, you know, it is a scam. It's just to sell mm -hmm. uniforms. And in looking Correct. at the context of like social media, I think in that UniWatch article, there was a like a, it was a Dodgers tweet that was like fire, you know, like these these hats are lit yeah. or whatever. And like to really pull back and realize like, oh, because I mean, they put out a hat for everything. And then just all of a sudden you realize like, oh, this is and, and you mentioned a lot that it's it's like costume like wearing some soldier costume you know uh and yeah, that's how what got me in trouble was uh i referred to it as like a like call it what it is of like a patriotic halloween yeah and uh that did not go over well so who did that not go over well with the commissioner's office and the mm. mets i mean i i had tried behind the scenes for a very long time to to get them to do this right at first i approached it with this idea of I, I thought there was probably just like a lot of like ignorance and that you have people that aren't familiar, familiar with the stuff really aren't like putting a lot of thought into it. And me, me like, I, it's really not an excuse because like if, if, if I were going to do something with the community that I wouldn't be involved with, the first step would be to like engage with them and actually like, right. like educate myself. Maybe bring some of those people around. Look, Nick, this is a problem. Yeah. I, I, you'll be shocked to know that that doesn't, that's also the case outside of baseball, that if you're going to do something with a community that you do not reside in, shockingly, most people don't bring those people into the conversation until it's way too late. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, it's, it's easy to get off track from there. So, but I, I did, uh, 
I did. I almost thought that it was more a matter of, of like really like sloppiness and and ignorance as opposed to like like genuine malice. And then the more the more I, I like dug into it and and really the, res- the most like telling aspect was like the response from MLB officials and and this goes straight to the top. I mean, like right. dealing with like some pretty senior people here, and they're uh, the idea that they. I mean, first they their solution was to put uh, they wanted Billy Bean to run the veterans programs, and <laughs> uh, I, I they, they just were, want that guy uh, to do everything, right? They just I want they him were, to like fill in every crack that they're unable to like well, look at. <laughs> it well, seems my, like my, I actually thought they were like kind of like trolling me at first. Sure, and 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 so I, I, I was pretty careful in my response, and I was, it was like, okay, I'll, I'm missing something here. I'll like hear you out. And the the justification for it was they just wanted to give him more to do. Wow. And I said, "Well, like, awesome, that's great, but like, again, like the the purpose of these programs is not it's not it's not like a jobs programs for like your diversity initiatives." Yeah. Wow. That's and, yeah. Yeah, it was very telling. And so the uh, the more like it, it got down to it, like we had put a lot of like work in. Um, I I engaged like with like I, I wanted to make one of the things I wanted to be really careful of is make sure that this wasn't just like my opinions of what major league baseball should be doing. I, I, I had strong feelings that this wasn't right, but I, I try to do as much homework as possible and, and talk to players, look at like different, different veterans organizations, talk to a lot of the gold star families and see like what, what mattered most and, and how we can, how we can like effectively do this in, in a better way. And the thing that was extremely consistent was from the the gold star families the thing that mattered like really is like sacred is the idea of keeping the names alive and and telling the the stories and i think when you when you look at that from the perspective of what was being done like like aside from like the crass commercialization of it which like that like i I don't want to ignore that because it, it exists but even when it's when you remove that element from from what mlb is doing there's still it still treats the the tribute to to Memorial Day and and those who have been killed as this like esoteric concept that it's it's the the fallen is this like abstract thing out there and in reality it's like these are there's like real families torn apart there's real like kids that don't have parents anymore there's real husbands that that don't have wives and wives that have lost their husbands etc and one of the uh one of the things we we did last year was uh I, i'm not sure if you saw this uh paul lucas had linked to it on the on the in that article i matched players with uh and, and staff members with individuals that have been killed based off shared commonalities in their background whether it was their hometowns schools um we focused on a lot of people in the in the new york area as well and one of the uh, one of the widows, uh, this was like a really a really cool story when I when I dug into it. Her uh, her there's a famous picture of her grasping her her husband's hand in his casket when he was uh, when he was right right prior to the funeral, I believe. And it became a bit of like a right wing meme, right? Often in response to uh, like like. NFL players kneeling and people would like throw some tagline like this is why we stand and right kind of, thing. of course and uh she she uh to her credit like she she 
made her feelings pretty clear and stood up and said, like, look, like, if you're going to, like, share this around, like, at least, like, know my, like, take the time to, like, know his name and know his story. And, and he, he used, his name's Offren Erichaga, and, and Offren had come over to the United States from Cuba. I do a, know uh, the story. A, I followed all of it teenager. when it happened last mm-hmm. year when you did when when you did do this with the Mets. Like it really opened up all of this. But please keep please keep going because no, it's no, a, it was awesome. it's such a it's like this is the point. Like this story, this yep. entire story that you're telling is the point of the day. Uh, but please and, keep going. And uh, and so um, uh, often being from Cuba, we matched him up with Joanna uh, Cespedes. And I was, uh, to be very candid here, I was a little, like, nervous, um, like, like how, like, like a guy like, like, Johannes would react to that. I mean, like, not, not, um, some of these guys can be, like, a little temperamental at times. <laughs> sure. And it, it was the, uh, and, and he was going through a lot, had been, like, on the DL and, like, was just coming back. And he, it, one, having, uh, on Memorial Day itself, Shauna and her son Alston came to the game, and they were actually with a couple other Gold Star families who were just happened to be their friends. It was stuff that like I hadn't set up, but we got them tickets. And in between games of the doubleheader, um, we had them. Yoannis Yo- uh, met Shauna and Alston and took some pictures with them, and and he was wearing the bracelet with Offen's name on it. And then Shauna did an incredible interview with uh, during the broadcast and, and just just told the story and talked about like what like made it a little more tangible for people. And I, th- I think that's a that's an example of where like baseball can can do well in the world and, and make a difference. And it's not there, none of that cost anything. I mean, there was right. no there. This wasn't there. I don't really like see the downside to that. So so one of the the. I think positive aspects about putting the focus on actual individuals is that it removes the political element of it altogether. And, and which again, like it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be political to honor the fallen. Like these, there were families that came from like really all aspects of the political spectrum. There were ones that were like anti-war protesters and, and had very strong feelings against the wars in which their, their loved ones were killed. And there were ones that were, that that felt very strongly about them and that uh and and frankly none of that mattered like we we honored them side by side it wasn't an issue um you, you kind of removed the like jingoism of it right we had a we had a uh one of the a lot of latin baseball players obviously and we had um particularly from the dominican and there's a very large dominican american community up in uh up in the new york area and there, there are more than a handful that have, have been killed in the recent wars. And we were able to, uh, to honor some of them as well. I wish we, I wish we were able to do more, but we, we did some of those. And, and one of the most like touching moments for me was there was a, there was a, a mother who I, I'd reached out to all the families personally to when we were starting this because I didn't, I didn't want to just like do it on our own. And I thought we, we owed it to them to at least ask their permission and then actually get to, get to know the, the people that we were paying tribute to. And one of the, the, the I, I had connected with a mother on Facebook, and she had uh, her daughter was a event from Venezuela and was uh, was in the was an Air Force officer, and the mother had put me in touch with her her husband. She she understood enough uh, in English to to get that far with me, mm-hmm. but uh, so, but said I, I'd prefer he, he's fluent, so I'm going to put you guys in touch. And when we spoke, he. Uh, 
he requested, he saw the video and they were, they were really excited about it. And he said, can you do, can you, uh, we put a script together and he saw that and he said, can you do me a favor? And is it possible to get this translated for, for my wife so she can understand it? And I said, actually, like, like we're not going to do that because we filmed it in Spanish. Like that's how we did it. And we're going to put English subtitles on it. And so the players like read it. Uh, that was Wilmer Flores and he read it in Spanish and we put some of those out. So that, that was really cool to see too. And it meant, it meant the world. I mean, she was in tears when, when we told her that. Man, that's amazing. We're going to take a quick break from the interview with Nick Francona to bring you a couple ads that pay the bills. And I mean, like you said that it costs nothing. But I think also, and not to go too far into like how, but it also doesn't make any money, you know? And I, I wonder how much that does fit into it where it's like, well, we got to have this make money somehow, you know? Um, and that it has to be something that you can market. And it's it's been really wild to me how that, that has sort of flipped. I don't really, you know, I don't know the historical timing of when putting this stuff on you know like wearing like wearing all of it but not really doing the things you're talking about which is reaching out to a family finding their specifics making it personal doing interviews with them why we've sort of shied away from that and just that like sort of flat as esoteric like let's just praise the troops kind of thing like i'm not sure when you said like 10 years ago is when it started in baseball but it does seem like it's just we're just like losing the humanity of it and like you said it becomes less political when it becomes about humanity you know about people sharing this moment together who you know uh, not unlike us right now like we we probably disagree on many things and we sounds like we Mm -hmm. agree on a lot but that is what is then available to you as an audience as as a fan base as like fans of baseball um as american citizens or non-american citizens you know because something else that you mentioned in that interview is that what does it mean to sort of like force a player who is not an american citizen who plays for you know major league baseball team to like essentially wear a uniform of a country that they're not um a citizen of and they have a right to not be a citizen of the country um and then wear that uniform as like a costume for a day it seems to me much more effective and much more humane and much more my idea of american to say like well let's connect them as human beings as opposed to let's just put this like idea on them you know like the soldier becomes an idea as opposed to a person and to me that's the antithesis of memorial day specifically where we're supposed to be remembering actual human beings agreed and i think i think it removed i I think it gets to the point where it actually like i i am i'm not when people talk about like the the militarization of sports like i'm like certainly not like going to like apologize for having served in the military right. or I think it's like, I think it's a necessary, uh, it, it's an unfortunate that we, we need uh, the, the world's a violent place and you need violent people on your side. And that's, um, that's, that's the way it goes. And, and I like believe in that strongly. I, I wish it weren't the case, but it is. And the, um, I, I think when you put the focus on the actual like service itself as a, and, and the people, that have served and, and those acts and realize that, that there are people that, that don't like, these are not all like, it's not like, not everybody like contrary to, to some of the people on Twitter out there. Like we don't all sign up to go like kill Brown people. Right. 
and that um i think like the idea like when you when you the visible part of it is boiled down to like almost like a meme itself on the field what happens it's it's easy to to stop the dialogue like at a really superficial level absolutely it's easy to just like memeify everybody and point mm-hmm. a finger, you know, um, because I actually like agree with what you said about service. Like I do. We mm-hmm. might have like slightly different shades of it. Like I do wish mm-hmm. that that wasn't the case. It sounds like we agree, but it isn't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I'm not it's not within my power to really change that necessarily. You know, my, my choice is do I sign up for this service or not? That's the choice that I've, I'm given. And then as a human being who has respect for other human beings, I try to these days keep my mouth a little more shut. And I try to think about it and listen to other people's experiences. And I mean, my experience of service is I have not served. I have a cousin who signed up for the reserves and was deployed because it was 2003. Um, And I watched my grandmother um, be very upset about that because she lost her only brother. And because we, you know, do live in a patriarchal society that last name that sort of family name like died with him in manila in world war ii and so for me like memorial day you talk about i heard you talking about that on the uh on one of the episodes and and kind of growing up and seeing his picture yeah and yeah and that that was pretty powerful yeah and it's not you know unfortunately like she wasn't able to talk about it very much you know so i didn't like learn a lot until later because it affected her a lot that she lost him you know and Mm -hmm. it's not my job to be like mad it's my job to remember him you know and it's my job to like remember my family and like i have a best friend who also served and we have a lot of conversations that are very difficult but we can't always find a somewhere that we agree you know and i think that that's something that we're not doing as a culture enough you know but um I, I do i think that moments like these like how how a major league sports uh organization approaches something that should be like somber and respectful um is someplace like i i feel like we could all agree and it's a little bit shocking to me that we don't but also not shocking at all um because yeah, didn't, didn't your dad also he he wore like somebody's name yesterday uh, or not yesterday uh on memorial day and wasn't he getting threatened with fines so he he i don't know that he did wear somebody's name and and one of the background on that is, is I actually had no idea who was he was doing that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned about it. A, a friend of mine had sent me a, a link to it on Twitter, and, and I, I was really pumped when I saw that. Um, one of the things last year, as, as I was putting this program together with the Mets, um, at the it was the very last minute. I had um, come across the I was there's a lot of databases out there research individuals so I was searching by like hometowns and 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 all moders and and stuff and there was one uh individual uh Christopher Moon that like jumped out to me immediately and I was like this is like the like an incredible story we have to like work this guy in and when um when it didn't happen with the Mets I I reached out to my dad and and Chris's story he's uh grew up in a Native American ancestry from Tucson, Arizona, which is where, where I grew up. Both my parents went to U of A. Chris was on a, on a baseball scholarship to the university of Arizona. And my dad, my dad played ball there and is very involved in the program still. And Chris dropped out and went to, uh, went to join the army and w- was killed in Afghanistan. 
And when, uh, so was scrambling to re- reach out to, uh, I ended up getting in touch with, uh, one of his friends and who put me in touch with his mom. And we, uh, we put it together. My, my dad ended up, uh, wearing a, a bracelet with Chris, Chris's name on it during, uh, during Memorial Day last year. And it, it was a, an awesome thing all around. I mean, that's like, that's the kind of stories that like baseball should be telling. Absolutely. And just to say um, those bracelets that you've been, we've been sort of talking about the Mets war mm-hmm. and then that your dad wore are like, it is a, a tradition, a military tradition, right? To wear those style. It's like a metal style bracelet that's stamped with the names. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm not like sure how, I, I think it's like probably a relatively new tradition. With mm-hmm. the, I am I, I, I'm, I'm certainly not an expert on the, the history of it. Of course. But it is something that is I, like, it's, it's immediately recognizable within within military and veteran circles and in fact at least, at least in the I, I believe the other services and supplies as well but at least within the marine corps they are authorized to, to wear in uniforms which is given the marines very unwavering views on on uniformity that that is really saying something right absolutely and to me that's and, the kind of reflection in uniform that is like it's so it's subtle and then mm-hmm. it, it's it's something known within that community then known within the families in that community that then you see that and you know, Oh, that's a person as opposed yeah, and, and to look at our colors, the, <laughs> you know, to, to use the example of, uh, there, there's a really cool picture of, of this where the, that Shauna Eritraga had shared where, where when she, she and Alton were meeting Ioannis, like they, they all had the, the bracelets on with, with Auckland's name on it. And, and Ioannis was wearing the same one. And that, that's a, that's pretty cool for, for them to see. And, and it's, it's immediately recognizable. Like when I'm on an, if I'm on an airplane and I, I, you, you see, you see somebody 10 rows away with one of those on. Right. Yes, exactly. Which is like a nice, I mean, nice isn't even the word, but it's like, it's just a, 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 a physical connection, you know, reflected that you can and it's a way see of showing like we, we get it. Right. Without it being this big, like fireworks going off and planes flying over you and a camouflage hat that you bought for $50. It's like, you can't buy that thing. You cannot buy that thing. You you just have to look at it, respect it and know what it is. And and that that brings up a very good point because, uh, one of the, one of the things that, that MLB did was, uh, send me, they they wanted me to get this, this licensing agreement signed by the the families. Right. uh, Yes. I remember that. it, It was, I did not, uh, did not view that particularly well. Right. And, and for one, it wasn't even like, Shauna brought up a, a good point that it wasn't even valid. It's not like, like she like owns her husband's name and, and more to the point, like, what do you need this agreement for if you're not planning on exploiting it in some like dastardly way? Right. And, why and why, like why would you need like, to license a, like a, uh, dead person's. <laughs> that was exactly how I responded. I said, like, I said, I literally responded to the email. I said, like, you write licensee. I think you mean like parent of dead soldier. Yeah. Right. And that's um, it, it was just like like thoughtless. Like there, there was actually no like practical need for it. It was it was dumb all around. Mm-hmm. And the and that kind of gets to like the mindset of these things where there there is that like what we've been talking about so far has been this element of like, like almost like an undignified and kind of like missing the point of a moral day type of thing. And where it gets into like the, like camo as like 
fashion attire and then like the the patriotic orgy of it all. And then when you, but there's a, there's a really another like more I think like toxic element of this where it's it's purely like a profit grab. Absolutely, and it's not, and, and that I think that part is. it's abundantly clear. If you look at the marketing campaigns of it, it is like pure and simple. Like there, there is one goal here and it is to sell apparel. (laughs) And uh, Brandon McCarthy, I think like really, I I think like this will eventually change. And I think that will be one of the inflection points is a couple years ago when Brandon McCarthy, like he teed off pretty good and and had a comical and sarcastic tweet about it. And said some, something along the lines of like this, like honor generations of soldiers that died for this country, like honor them by buying a hat. Yep. And that, um, I mean, I had that was something we like addressed with Major League Baseball is this idea of like, look, like if you're gonna, nobody is making you sell camo apparel. Like this is a voluntary choice. But like, by God, if you're going to do that, like you have, like you are incurring an obligation to to be transparent about it. And they have dug in at every turn, patently refused to do so. Uh, it's abundantly clear that they're profiting, and like the response to that is to like make me go away, say I'm a liar, like bury it in in lawyerly language. I mean, like again, like I, like how like these guys are like Manfred's a lawyer, the deputy commissioner's a lawyer, the seven people that work directly under them are all, these are all like guys who went to Harvard law. Right. Which sounds they, like they have, some big baseball have, fans to me. They have, <laughs> Not that lawyers yeah, they, can't be baseball fans, but I just mean, it's like none of these guys, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't even really know what I'm saying, but I feel like you no, know what I mean. A, uh, I know exactly. What I, mean. I had a, I said a, a comment. Um, I made a comment to that effect uh, last year in, in one of these discussions about how we could we could potentially be better served by having like a, like somebody act like a little less like a lawyer and a little more like a leader in the, in this room. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and but we, hey, uh, like women shouldn't be playing baseball, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's again, it's like a myopic perspective when you have uh, this experience has given me a new appreciation for like when it's when it's like seven labor lawyers that went to Harvard Law sitting in a room together, like, like there, there's diminishing returns on, on, on that experience in, in one room. Oh, I, yes, I totally agree. And I mean, look, we live, the, I mean, the problem, a problem is that we live in a capitalist society. Am I going to like go on some big rant right now? No. But the all of these things is it puts money before every single other thing. And I'm not naive enough to think that baseball after you know 1890 or whatever you know wasn't about making money it's always gonna you have you have a product and you're selling it so you have to make money to keep doing that but when you're pulling magnetizing all of these things that aren't you know memorial day wasn't initially about making money and then you have companies capitalizing on it and having Memorial Day sales, you know? And so then it's a logical conclusion to be like, well, we can use this to sell these uniforms. But at some point, don't you have to look down at what you're doing and go, wait, why am I sending a licensing agreement to a family that's lost their husband and father, you know? And that's where I'm coming at at this from is look, 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 I am, uh, I not I do, do not be grudge like baseball for being successful as a private enterprise. It's um 
like that's great. I I, I think that's have some, like, that's strong where feelings of, yes, but I think that's where, where people it, uh, they have such a good. It's not even a grift, but they're able to make people think. And I've said this before that it's not a private enterprise. Mm-hmm. That it's somehow a public service. You know that these well, te- well, they talk about that. I mean, it's and that that's like been and look, look, I'm I'm like probably on the like like fairly conservative side of of it, like is like from a philosophical perspective with with like private enterprise and economic policy but the, and, and if you saw my positions as it applies to a variety of issues in baseball people would probably think I'm accuse me of being a leftist in that whether it's like <laughs> the minor league pay or right or like how they view this and, and it's it's like like I don't I like I'm not sure like when like it became a conservative like principle to like it, it encourage like extorting hundreds of millions of dollars from taxpayers for for in various municipalities around this country to or to like if you don't like the law to pay like minimum wage like you lobby and change it right <laughs> right and, and and then the I, I and I do think that there's is an element of like if you are going to like profit off of a this idea of of being a public trust and 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 from a really like a, a narrative uh, like a moral narrative of like we are part of the fabric of american society then you also have a, like not you have an obligation to, to act like that and i think the, the commissioner should then be treated and evaluated as as we would evaluate a a cabinet secretary as opposed to a, a completely unaccountable uh i mean if you you look at the like he, I mean, an unaccountable executive. But if you look at the idea of where a lot of these problems exist, I think it's at it, like for the longest time, I found myself shocked at the stuff that that I would run into of like like how can this be happening? This is like such a visible, <laughs> instant, iconic American institution, and and this is insanity. And eventually, I got to the point where where it made like talking to some folks on the government side where it makes like perfect sense in that. Like you have zero, zero corporate governance to speak of on, on the team or league side, like none, none whatsoever. I mean, these are, these are uh billion dollar corporations that are run like mom and pop pizza shops. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's not really not like say that somewhat facetiously, but it's really not much of an exaggeration. It's not an exaggeration. <laughs> and then on the government side, you, it is a regulatory vacuum with a, a unique legal position with the, the antitrust exemption. And it, we, it, it, it's weird, like as Americans, like we expect to see bad behavior in areas like, like we, we associate like Wall Street with greed and, and corruption and fraud. That's one of the more regulated industries on the planet. Like, what do you think <laughs> sure. is going to happen when you have this in baseball? And there's, there's zero, there's literally zero oversight. It's, it's, it's actually staggering. And it's all, I mean, it's because it is part of the fabric of everything that people look the other way. And then there's the easy, and this, this does, this fits into what we're talking about with the uniforms and everything. It's like, then you go, well, these guys are making millions of dollars. So shut up. Well, that's not, that's not a conversation. They're not because my, my, I've been like, I think every like baseball journalists, when they 
post or tweet or whatever about how much, you know, some contract extension or whatever contract these guys are looking for or what they're negotiating with a team, you know, because we had that big blow up with Machado and and Harper with their Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, look at all this money. They should shut their mouth and blah, 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 whatever. Like, I. I think all these guys, for the most part, probably know how lucky they are to be playing the game. I don't think that's... Yeah. <laughs> and just because they're not saying it every day doesn't mean they don't think it. But I also think we should have to see the context of that contract within how much money that team will generate in that time. Not even because of that player, just projected sales within the 10 years or however many years Harper signed with the Phillies. Like, well, how much are the Phillies going to make? Because no one knows. We never see how much these teams are making. That's very intentional. I mean, like, of course, there there are very few things. I mean, the finances in, in Major League Baseball are treated like a state secret. (laughs) <laughs> and for for good reason because you, you I mean it, it's hard to go hat in hand cl- like claiming poverty in, in when you want to go get like favorable taxpayer subsidized bonds to build a stadium right if people can see what you're rolling in if they actually and knew that, how much money <laughs> and that's um yeah and that's I, I think like problematic and that that's where I think like like I, it, as much as like it, I, I don't know if it's it's inherently like hypocritical of me or contradictory to to say that like i i i support the idea of like major league like they have a right to act as a private business but i also think baseball like if you're gonna engage in those things like you have a right to like like do well for society or like make this like not not be like a a blight on this country (laughs) and have uh have like early guess what like the the antitrust exemption needs to go away Right. I mean, that's not a like if you if you look at I mean, I, I I will say that I think that's probably like an accident of history and was I don't think anybody had any politicians when they were considering that had this in mind of like we are going to use this to suppress like the pay of minor league baseball players or to or to like allow teams to legally collude on on employees and scouts moving sure. from team to team. Like, I, I mean, it's almost, it's, it's almost like that licensing agreement. It's like, is yeah. this inherently um, evil from the outset? No, but you're covering your ass, <laughs> you know? And, and, yeah, and, and when you like, start doing we, that, things are going to happen, you know? And if you look back at the spirit of it, it's it, like really in its most elementary form, it's this idea of like, like, look, baseball is important to us as a country. It's something that we, we value and therefore want to protect. Okay, like, the, guess what? The corollary to that is, like, you're not going to, you're not going to, we should be held to a higher standard than you're not going to, like, be bilking taxpayers out of hundreds of millions of dollars. You're not going to be signing, 12, coming to agreements with 12 and 13-year-olds in foreign countries, like, acting like complete jackasses. Like, right. that is not, that's not how you're going to operate. If, Take, if, taking if away gonna, an opening day start from someone just so you can get two more years out of their contract. Yeah, you and know. having like, like you like, guess what? Like, if you're gonna engage in like, if if we're gonna have this like idea that that baseball is a national pastime, there's gonna be like, there are extreme financial benefits that come with that. Like, you're gonna be held to a higher standard as well. Absolutely, you should be the baseball that we're saying you are, and I think that's like and what's I missing. Think, you know, I, I fully reject the idea. I mean, I I'll get like called naive when I throw that that idea out there, and, and I actually like would push back on that like very strongly because I, I don't, I just don't think like, I, I don't think 
I think it's like almost like an optimistic view of the world that like you don't have to be corrupt. You don't have <laughs> yeah. like this is a choice. And like just because others are doing it, like that it doesn't like we don't need this like fatalistic view of the world. I agree. You don't ha- you you literally there's enough, you know, like there is. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that way about many facets of like all of what we're ta- like. Like women not being shut out of baseball, which is changing. And I'm grateful for that. Like, I'm not going to act fatalistic about it either because people are literally talking about it. So it's happening because of that. But like, I've been saying, you know, like there is enough to go around. Women play baseball professionally in Japan and people go see it because people in Japan just love baseball like we do. And like, that's, that's what I've, uh, you know, there's no independent baseball. The community, you know, it's been throttled out so that there's no competition and there's only one place to go for baseball. And I just don't think that's yeah. good for baseball. No. And I think, I think baseball, I think these things are at, like when, when people talk about like the, the idea of it be like, Oh, it's like this cold hearted calculated business. I think it's actually like a, like bad for business the way, like when you're cutting off like a, 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 an increasing portion of your fan base, who are your again like your future paying customers, <laughs> right? And and this idea of like people like like how many people like if you're if you're like a young kid growing up today in America like it, it's not and it's, this is not just the the players or the the owners or the commissioner's office executives it, it's the the medium that through which people view baseball it's like the announcers the reporters. People like what I think the one of the best developments in, in recent years has been the uh, how, how many like independent websites and people doing podcasts like yourself that are are share like that is what is like like unbeknownst to MLB like that is like what's going to save its ass. Oh, for sure. And it's when people that like if you're a young kid, like where are the people that like are, are I can identify with and I can relate to and 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 make baseball like cool or attractive to me. And, and there's different things that there's different reasons why people like baseball. I don't think that, that I think this is a league that is like really out of touch and had, and has isolated itself from its, its fan base. They, they've looked at this from this, like almost like Enron worldview of like, <laughs> how do we, how do we squeeze? Like, how do we monetize every single interaction in the short term? And maximize that and at the expense of like really like suffocating the like this almost having this like organic growth of like just take it as an article of faith of if people love baseball, that is good for business. If you build it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But I mean, it has to exist. Like you're saying, like every every moment of it is monetized. I mean, I was like joking about that with a friend and then I was I think it's the Phillies I was (laughs) watching and they have like top of the rav fourth inning you know like a, a literal <laughs> inning is sponsored by a car just because it lines up with the number you know like this has nothing to do with the game at all you know like and baseball to me has always been something that has was was so accessible because of the pace of it because it's outside because it's in the summertime when kids aren't in school you know like all of these things are the, it, it literally has grass growing in it, you know, like it's, it's got grassroots in it and it's become more about the luxury suite and more about like the items that you buy around it and having a $400 Jersey. And it's like, you know, they're, they're also trying to push this, let the kids play thing. And like, I don't see that anywhere in the game, you know, like I see the commercial a lot and I hear those words, but it's not around. 
You know, like you have to have a lot of money to go to a game. And if you're in L.A. and you're a Dodger fan, you have to have one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and fifty dollars a month to watch them. So, like, how does that in 10 years grow a fan base and grow an audience if they literally can't even see you? You know, it's yeah, become I mean, this like tower on very, a hill that you can't even get to. I, 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 I can think like if you were trying to destroy a business, I think there's like very little like that you could do more effectively than prevent your consumers from from actually like viewing your product. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's something like. They they are going to to reap what they've sown and and with with Dodger fans twenty five years from now when when you have a bunch of a bunch of people that are are growing up and and they didn't have that experience watching games on TV right there there's the what they're I feel like that they're relying on branding only you know merchandising branding and that's it and that that will suffice and like I don't know people being able to see it on Instagram or something and that will be enough and it will work because it's it is enough, I guess. But I just think about like how many Cubs fans there are across the country because of WGN and like access mm-hmm. to being able to see it. And, he, and that's a paid like, service. That's why I, that's why I'm a baseball out. fan is because Atlanta mm-hmm. was on WTBS. We were, and we, that was the team I grew up on and that's what got me into baseball. And I could watch it every day. Yeah, and and I think the uh, one of the other things that that you brought up with like the, like the idea of like let the kids play is that it, it is it it often gets talked about with like the on field context of like the bat flips and and which like itself like baseball is is certainly not in like equilibrium with that by any stretch because like the <laughs> not at all the, I'll have to have you back the, on to talk about that <laughs> yeah that's a, another topic altogether but the I, I think the the larger point there. Is that that as a concept, it is actually antithetical to the entire culture of baseball, and that that is as an institution that you have like again you like let the kids play, but we're going to have like how many how many people now are like like it is an aberration if you compare the the like like people in baseball that are like truly authentic and engaging out there as opposed to comparing it to, to other sports. I mean, it, it, like you, there are more in the, in the last few years and it's players, but it's way fewer than, than you see in, in other sports that are out there. And, th- and that has a lot to do with the, the baseball culture of where like people get like, like look at the early days when people were engaging, like it was considered engaging to like do this, like totally like bullshit AstroTurf promote your like products and sponsors on Twitter as a player. And like, obviously that did not like go over very well with fans. <laughs> right. Like the people like Brandon McCarthy, like Tim Anderson, like they are rare. They're not quite as rare in other sports. And I think that has a lot to do with the culture. Look at the, like how many executives out there, look at the league office. That's like the, the thing that drives me nuts in this is, of uh, you have like, take the, 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 uh, I, I, commissioner aside who like, Again, like he's not. I think he may have a Twitter account. It's never been used. <laughs> I, I, I should correct that. They they definitely have like have uh, have created some burners to monitor my use at times. And positive sure. with that one. But the um, but the, aside from that, they're like the people like Billy Bean, people like Melanie Legrand doing the like the veterans and diversity initiatives. Like if you look at it, it's like it's totally inauthentic. Like it's a PR 
thing, not a like there's no real engagement out there. Like they're not engaging with fans in any way. Right. And like, like you on said, any meaningful level. It's just it's like going, okay, well, we need this community to give us money, basically. I mean, to, you mm-hmm. gotta go a far path to get it, but that's basically what it is. Like we want their money, we want a piece of them. So how do we get it? And then you don't engage with them at all and you just expect, you know, because I mean, I have a lot of complicated feelings about like LGBT nights at stadiums, yeah. you know, I mean, and it's in, there's a, a fantastic overlap of, of our concerns on this, which is I went to the Dodgers LGBT night last night, or <laughs> last night, last year, and, uh, you know, they do military hero of the game uh, every night day at uh, Dodger Stadium. Justin Turner is is the leader of that thing. Um, and on that particular night, they happened to have a, a soldier who uh, served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And they told his story that night. And um, in talking to him, he said on that night, he never felt like more respected in his service than he did on that exact night. And so both of these things exist at the same time, right? Like an LGBT night is capitalism. It's rainbow capitalism and it's capitalizing on a community an underserved community, selling them things, selling it back to them and saying, Hey, this one night you can come here and we'll give you all this stuff. And then the other nights eh, not so much, you know, and in a league that, uh, people either don't feel comfortable being out or don't want to be out because of the attention, because it's a monolith and X, Y, Z. But at the same time, it's a big monolith going, hey, we'll do this thing and we'll put rainbow flags all over it. So, like, unfortunately, both of these things are true at the same time. And so how do you move forward on a path that makes the most sense and is the most respectful, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I think that that's an outstanding point because, like, on the – and I will caveat this by saying it's something like I, as – it's I'm not part of that community, so it's hard for me to – like I, I try to do my best to like understand and how you can be like most effectively so support people. And I think the on the on the side of like where MLB is concerned, like there like I think you have to recognize like like you were getting at there's no like silver bullet answer for this. But I think you have to start from like a place of, of authenticity and a, and at least like good intentions if you if you want like any chance of it of it going well. And that's where I think like some criticism is certainly warranted in that I had, I had a great, uh, or should not categorize it as a great conversation, a telling conversation <laughs> with, uh, a, a very seen that really at the top of major league baseball about this exact topic and said that like, look, you can like the way you guys are approaching this stuff is whether it's, it's with, uh, trying to have more women in baseball, trying to have, uh, more LGBTQ minorities, whatever increased diversity on on a variety of fronts like the the problem that you have is you're willing to like make t-shirts you're willing to have the press releases and have the the public face inside of it but when somebody calls somebody like an epithet behind the scene like you guys don't do shit (laughs) yeah like that's that's the problem i agree and and (laughs) that's um and that i think is like where where like that's in my opinion that's like that's a leadership issue in that like one of my, the, the phrases that's ingrained in you as a Marine officer very early on and often, and it, it is beat into your soul is, is the phrase, it, anything that your unit does or fails to do is your responsibility. And it, it's hard to internalize at first because there are things that are, are certainly not your fault. 
airplane. And my, my first weekend as a platoon commander, I, I could not have picked some of my guys out of a lineup at this point. I'd met him for about 15 minutes. One of my guys got a DUI. Wow. And he, he was, uh, right, I think they'd been back from Afghanistan for about a, a week at that point, And uh, I was just new to the unit. And I'm the next the Monday morning. I'm getting lit up by the battalion commander about like why why my guys are drinking and driving. I'm just sitting there like deer in the headlights. Like I couldn't pick this guy out of a lineup. Like like I didn't force beers down his throat. But at the same time, like I I I had not affected effectively displayed enough leadership to stop him from doing that. And like that's like somewhat of an extreme example, but it it really does get to the point of like actually taking like ownership of an issue and not treat like where what, what, I think that's where there was like so much conflict uh, with like my worldview and, and a lot of others in major league baseball and these things of like, like, yeah, like you can make some like lawyerly statements and maybe like, you're not going to go to jail because you do this, but like, it doesn't mean you're not an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I think you bring up a good point in that there's a big difference. And I think as human beings and culturally whatever um the difference between fault and responsibility you know there's like a huge Mm -hmm. huge gap in there and there's a lot to be learned in between those two things and i i before this conversation i i read the sports illustrated sort of article it's not really an interview about your time uh at the Dodgers, which speaks to this too, because you talk a lot about like leadership and the rules of leadership and hierarchy and that they're not there to hide things. <laughs> it's not to get away with stuff. It's to prevent things from happening. And like, you should be leading by an example that, that getting a, a DUI is something that isn't going to happen. And then when it does happen, then you learn, well, how do I be a better leader so that this doesn't, because ha- it's not about punishment. It's about like moving forward. How do we prevent this from happening by, you know, my leadership basically. Um, and- yeah. It's about mission accomplishment is what it, the name of the game in the, in the military and, and in effective, I would say in any effective organization for that matter. And that's, that is like, so that idea of like, like what everything your unit does or fails to do is like your responsibility. Because like when, when people actually do take ownership of these things, that's, I mean, that's where you, I think you, you see success is, is it's not from people on, on Twitter, like advocating and pointing out and like having this, this like, this like outrage machine it's yes. when people that are actually like on the ground like saying like you know like this isn't good enough like i want like no matter like what you identify as like like what what orientation you are what you look like no matter like what issues you're having in your life like if you can come to work and like be effective and be like comfortable in your own skin and and we can like ha- like pull on the same end of the rope with, with to the most of, really like contribute the most strength that we can that that's that you're going to be more successful in this what like help, you're going to have healthy individuals and a healthy organization that way i absolutely i mean i've i've realized in my own life how much i've put those those things like you're saying like who you identify you know all those things if you if you put that in front you know if you when you're on the field like because i play on a baseball team every time i put that in front and that's not to say that people people specifically guys often will treat me differently Mm-hmm. that's not saying it doesn't happen but if i put that forth then that's what it's always going to be you know like if it, it's that's what mm-hmm. it always is and if i don't put that forth then there's an opportunity that it isn't that <laughs> and we can just like play baseball together you know and i found that over time it 
it's we're a much better team if that stays outside because i'm not bringing it in so people often don't bring it in as much and you do have a healthier operation but this conversation brings me to so something that has come up on this podcast often because it unfortunately comes up in the sport often is domestic violence and uh that's something that you unfortunately had an experience around um with your time uh with that organization with the dodgers and they've recently had an issue with it with their pitcher uh julio urias who's already back (laughs) in the rotation in seven days i was maybe naively hopeful like i didn't think it was gonna go great or anything but i was hopeful that maybe they would take some time with this but it does seem that the what i've noticed within this season the past couple seasons and this is across organizations so it's no no one specific but um it's it's more like they want it to not have happened as opposed to this happened and so here's what we're gonna do to keep it from happening again because it did happen and so we're not going to just brush it under the rug and act like it's nothing and just get back to baseball. That's what it seems like every team tends to do. Um, Cause with the Urias video, there's video of it. And what I read yesterday was he appeared to be stopping her from leaving, not being violent. And it's like, you are splitting some hairs here. And uh, what we should actually be talking about is like, you don't put your hands on anybody. You know, you just don't do that. Man, woman, whatever. You just don't do that. If somebody wants to leave, you let them leave, you know? Um, And I I think as an organization, baseball, and this is, we've been talking about, kids are watching, you know? For me, that's the thing. It's like, you you should be doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Not because we need to be punishing people and canceling them and outrage this and outrage that. It's like, this just isn't right, you know? And kids shouldn't be learning that this is okay and what you should do is try to weasel out of it and not take any responsibility. What you should do yeah, is... That, oh, go ahead. So, no, you're... That, that is, like, really, like, at the heart of, I, I think, like, all of these... All of these issues and and that's... um And again, like, I, I w- will have the debate with people all day about that is not... I, I, like, strongly reject the idea that that is a naive worldview and you can't run a good organization that way i just don't do not think that's the case yeah i mean i don't think it makes a better athlete to and and yeah the case can be made that like these things have been happening for years that doesn't mean they should (laughs) you know like it doesn't mean they should be and and yes I, I think there is a chance for rehabilitation, but I don't think you can have rehabilitation without taking responsibility, like you were saying. You know, like you can't. Well, one, and one of the uh, things that happens in, in the, and, and again, like it, what, what was, I, I was kind of like living through this and you're kind of trying to navigate it on the fly. And that, like, I, I didn't have any formal, like, training. I mean, I think you go, you go through some, some some of the stuff in the Marine Corps is a little bit like checking the box, like like I'd say a lot more thorough and actually rigorous than it is in baseball when they they say employees go through this training. I can say with certainty that I had nothing of no, no educational experience or training in baseball that was of like any value whatsoever on this topic. And the but the idea of like so you're trying to like navigate this just from like a position of of like what is like the right thing to do. And I do think like the, the, I, I do think I was really well prepared from a leadership perspective of like, this is what like your obligations and responsibilities are of, of good leaders and, and holding people accountable. And that, um, that was like 
there was a lot of like a big gap there between I think how like some people were viewing stuff and how how others were. And what really stood out to me the most from this was like I, I almost like wasn't su- as surprised that it was like certainly deflating, but like wasn't surprised that people view this from a baseball centric perspective, which is I mean it, it's highly problematic. But they, that's baseball, such an insular world, and that happens. Like when, you, like you were getting at this of, I mean, you've talked about it before of how, how the, it's like the players' redemption narrative then, or right. how it affects so the player, the team. I mean, there's no like actual like discussion of like what what is like th- this is not, like sorry this affects your playoff run. <laughs> right. That, yeah. That is not like what what matters most here, and um, it, but when you what was like really crazy to me is when, when I was reading some of the quotes in that article, it, there were no, there were, and these were like official statements from like intelligent people that are like, not, this is like years removed from it now where there, there's like no introspection about like, you know, like how do we make this like better or like stop this from happening again? Or like, maybe we can do a little better job. It's like, it, it, you, it, it's like Nick Franco is a disgruntled employee. Like, okay, like, <laughs> right? That's, yeah. that's that's the like we don't have a dis- domestic violence or sexual assault problem. Like, we handled these things perfectly, and Nick's just disgruntled. Well, like that seems to be your answer to like apparently all the problems Everything. in baseball now of whether it's like cr- international corruption, human trafficking, domestic violence, and military like exploiting dead soldiers. Like, is that I'm I'm a disgruntled employee? Like, you're just it, mad, like. Right. At a certain point, you're like, like you're sitting on the wrong side of the table on a lot of pretty serious issues. For sure. And it's not it is not that hard to get up and go on the other side, you know, and the article in question is um, there's some and, and, and it's there's a police report, but it was never released. And the Dodgers and or Major League Baseball never pursued it. Um, uh, some players who are not named because um, there's no like official anything. Uh, assaulted a woman who then later in the article they describe her life since then and she's had some run-ins with crime and addiction and stuff and like mm-hmm. i think that even speaks to it where it's like these narratives prop up so quickly that like oh well these are baseball players and she's a meth head and it's like well this happened <laughs> like those a, those things a, actually have nothing to do with what actually happened and should be removed from the conversation and like this happened there's a police report okay you know like it doesn't matter if these things happened to her afterwards it's possible that that stuff happened in her life because that assault happened you know and, there's a couple important points that uh, you raise there that, and that, that I want to bring up that I think are really important in, in, in this case and I think it's reflective of like how these issues are handled in general in baseball yes in that um, and just in general of, I feel like but, yeah but for sure. go ahead what, one of the the things that was really appalling in the aftermath of this was and when I I'm referring to like the kind of like the recording of this in the last few months was there was this response of of that, that like, oh, we didn't know there was a sexual assault. Um, I would say that, like, on the the outset, the thing that, that is, like, pretty telling here is I, I didn't, like, the, the Dodgers and, and Major League Baseball were, like, blaming me. Like, the, the problem from their perspective is that people knew about this, not that it happened. Of course, right. The And the, the what, what, like, my answer to that is, like, I, I did not, I actually learned, I, it turned out I knew, like, half of it. I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't know even close to all that there was, but I did know enough to like, think about what they're saying. They're saying that I'm the problem for like 
getting it out there. Like, I got it out there knowing, like, I didn't even know nearly as much damning stuff as, as actually had happened, and I still thought it was problematic enough to, to get it out there. So, like, that should, like, doubly reinforce the, the issue here. The, um, I had no idea that there was a police report. I, I didn't believe the reporter when they first were, like, they knew enough to, from what I had shared with them to go dig, and I, I, I my initial reaction to that was I, I said, it, like, I find that really hard to believe, like, that there'd be a police report and I wouldn't have heard about that or wouldn't have known about that at all. And it, it, I mean, it's almost like this, this like deflating feeling of like, there's like, how much do you not know what was going, like how much was actually being hidden from you at the time. And then the idea that, I mean, in there, I had no idea that the team provided an attorney for the player about (laughs) this incident. I mean, what do you, I mean, the idea, like think about like trying to reconcile the statements of we didn't know, that this happened, but we provided an attorney for the player. Like, what the hell did you provide an attorney for them for? Right. If you didn't know, like, like that, like that certainly does not add up. And I mean, that that at that point, like you're like, and again, like, how much follow up was there on that? Like, people release a statement. There's no like the Phillies say like, oh, they we did our due diligence. Like, you know what? Like, I believe you, and I believe that you're actually just that full of shit that you didn't care. Of course, of course, because it seems to me in in all of the they don't care because it's an investment. I mean, it does just come back to money. You know, these guys are investments. They've 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 sunk cost into them and they see a future in like money. (laughs) And so that becomes more important when you prioritize money all the time. That becomes more important than really awful despicable behavior and i feel like the only time that anything swiftly like anything swift has happened with any of this stuff was that a uh, minor league astros player that got caught on video that's why though and i know that's why i brought it up because that's the only yeah. time and even this urea stuff he's on video and still they're like they can still pick apart and go well it looks like and it's like that isn't excusable behavior at all either I mean, think about think about how crazy it is. Like the, 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 what they were defending of uh, in in this case of where you had a the, like the, the the defense to their handling of and again there like there were multiple incidents. So like that that's where we need to probably dive into that part as well. But there were the defense their defense and and this was this was infuriating to me was that we didn't know about it that there was a sexual assault and it's like well when you do like extreme like mental gymnastics and like isolate yourself bureaucratically and, and create this process in place where you patently refuse to ask any question that would like lead. Like, I mean, this was like a very intentional process that was done. So they didn't know, they didn't want to know and they made sure that they didn't know there was no, like the, and when it, when it's conveyed publicly, there's almost this implication that like, Oh, the victim changed her story. That didn't like, that is absolutely not what occurred. It was just that the police had the wherewithal to ask the right questions. And in this case, like, I actually give, like, I've seen the police report because the the reporters shared it with me when when they they found it. And it's a tragic story when you hear, like, all the the issues that the the victim was dealing with. It's hard. One of the things that's somewhat of a silver lining in, in it is that, This is among like the most vulnerable. I mean, it's almost like her life was almost a caricature of like all the the vulnerable aspects of the population. 
and the police still like wanted they still wanted to prosecute like in spite of that and they they were not it was not like they took this very seriously and and were looking out for her and that that was like actually like somewhat heartwarming to see and that they it wasn't a matter of like like her credibility and this was actually never really in question well, that's like shocking. You know what I mean? It is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because... it, was, it was actually a good. It was a good thing in that, like, she. I mean, and the, the issue is not like she didn't change her story. She did not like. It, I mean, she was consistent in the whole time. Like, and so it almost like you don't want to give like an organization or people credit for like. I mean, like it's it's doing it, their job really right. Perverted. <laughs> well, it's really no. It's like perverted to say like because you deliberately refused to ask the right questions you therefore didn't know and were right. therefore are because are at what culpable. point like, when you are deliberately not asking mm-hmm. a question do you are you already know i mean we're we're human mm-hmm. beings with brains like when i mm-hmm. avoid finding something out it's because i know it's true <laughs> you know if i don't want to know it and like you can't really hold that up in a court of law but in a court of hey this is come on you're you're well, specifically the, not reading the book because you don't want to read the book because you don't want to see what's in there. What were the police investigating? What did you like? They knew the police were investigating. I mean, they 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 confirmed that they knew that they hired an attorney. Like, what do you think that was for? Like, you didn't bother to ask. Like, that's weird. Sure, and pretty that, that like just doesn't add up. And then and then there's I mean the other case like again like this was like pretty black and white of like the. The the victim involved had like this. This was not an isolated incident either, and it was bad enough where a the hotel manager had had put it in writing to one of our employees, which is very telling given like the dynamics in play of there. Course. Where like normally, what's going to happen is they're going to give you a call and say like, "Hey, like I like I don't want to make a record of this. Like, let's like can you keep a handle on this?" But like he put that in writing for a, a specific reason because it this had this was not isolated and in that case like uh, like the player had had gone like i mean he had assaulted a maid it was uh it was not i mean there was no bones about it it was not i mean he had gone into a room that was not his while she was cleaning it and grabbed her and had to, she had to push him away and apparently grabbed her again and it had been building up over uh, apparently weeks and this was all explicitly described um, there was no, I mean, there was no doubt about the validity of that claim. And for that, there was, there, when you look at the policy of major league baseball, I mean, they acknowledge it's like, there's no pretty black and white. Like that's the kind of thing that gets reported and they didn't report it and they try to cover it up. And again, like in both of these cases, players were signed by other teams without knowledge. And one was actively under criminal investigation for sexual assault. <laughs> And the other, this incident happened and another team had signed the player with having no no knowledge of it whatsoever. And Major League Baseball is going to defend this and say, like, we handled it okay. Like, that that's obscene. And there should, like, there absolutely needs to be accountability for that. And that, like, if you can't, if you're so concerned about the PR aspects of this that you can't even, like, unfuck yourself enough to get it right going forward, like, that is where they're, like, like, a cynicism aside of like yes we don't we understand you're not going to like like throw yourself on, uh, like on the sac like sacrificial altar here and and and, and resign and in, in shame over it but at least get it right going forward i i agree at least do something that's that's been my major issue is there are things you can do and you're doing none of them you know and, and when they're <laughs> saying that we handle these things well like well like 
uh, apparently nobody agrees with you zero people (laughs) well i mean not zero people because whatever you get because what's funny to me is within this system like this issue of domestic violence um and this is all like horrific to be you know learning about and knowing about is that to me the the people who are unwilling to see it as a real issue are the ones who go for the outrage harder than the people that are like hey man this is literally just like not good you know i i just don't understand how it's even debatable whether like physical violence is okay like i said this to one of my teammates once and this is the way that i put my, my view on like what major league baseball does with like fines and all of this stuff for for shitty behavior is uh like you it is it is uh fathomable that a player could consume something without the knowledge that it has performance enhancing drugs in it am i naive enough to think that that's the case all the time (laughs) not at all but it is conceivable that you could be given something by someone you trust who is lying to you and you put it in your body and then when you're tested you get caught for something you didn't know you took right but there is a choice when you uh put your hands on someone else that is not something that anyone else is doing to you you are choosing to do that you know that is a choice that you are making with your own body and you can't blame anybody else for that and to me that's the the i don't believe in like punishing people in a way that like expelling them from life is going to ever work but i do think that you know setting a tone of punishing a player because we have fines in place and stuff finding the amount that players are fined for putting their hands on another human being versus taking performance enhancing drugs is to me like a ratio that is absolutely ridiculous and offensive Mm -hmm. quite quite frankly because again kids are watching and you're saying oh we handled it and it's like a 15 day suspension versus 80 days plus you're out of the playoffs um is it that's a huge difference that's a huge huge difference yeah and i I don't know like i don't know what the right answer is in terms of like how how do you best handle these things as a whether like there's all kinds of issues that are raised with like having this almost like parallel extrajudicial system of major league baseball investigations and punishment. But I think there's, I, I think you're, it's impossible to get it right. If you're not, I mean, you're not even involving the right people. I mean, how many, like they're not even like faking it where like, I mean, the, the NFL's pol- or like process was pretty clearly like bullshit, but they, they at least like pretended to consult with some experts. I mean, the, those granted that like, that blew up in their face pretty quickly when they the experts disagreed with them and <laughs> right. then they yeah. stopped, stopped consulting with them yeah of course because they don't the, want to be disagreed I, with in major league baseball it's like like what is this pro- like that that's like an important element of this is it is it literally like rob manford sitting in his office being like oh like you did this like like 40 games and this is how we're going to like decide that like you're going to move forward and be rehabilitated in life and but but we're going to say all these things about how, like, rehabilitation is the focus and, and all this, but we're not going to talk about it at all. And not going to really no do anything. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's no mention of that. And, and if, you look at, if you look at these issues, like, a lot of the, like, who actually, like, every, one, it's important to recognize that, like, every case is, like, nuanced. Like, it's, it's kind of shitty to take away, like, the, like, agency from the victim themselves in, in terms of, like, actually, like, making a choice in these things and, and 
having a say in it, that like that almost was like never a consideration. Of course. If you, if, if you, and in some ways, like think about like how perverted it is. Like when you suspend a, a, a guy and, and take their salary away, in some cases you're like, you're actually punishing the victim. Right. If they're, yeah. If like, they're, like you're actually like financially harming them like directly. Yeah. And I mean, that's like pretty outlandish. Absolutely. To, as, as like a solution. But, and like, you know who benefits from that? Like the owners benefit from that. I mean, right. it's the same with, uh, and there's no, there's no, there's just like no way to get a better result if the process itself is, is, is like so disingenuous from the outset. I mean, there's no, like, there really is no, like, what, genuine intention of like, how do we do this right? It's like, how do we get people to stop like hating us or, or how do we get them to stop yelling so it goes away? And that's where I, I think at the outset of it, you have, we 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 take these seriously as long as people know about them like that is really like it like they will like as you can see like there these incidences occurred there was a police report in one case like a black and white paper trail on the other and nobody knew about them there were no punishments there were no punishments for people actively covering them up there is literally a poli- in the police report that the, the police mentioned a victim saying that that it, Gabe Kapler tried to pay hush money Good to, Lord. to not report this. I mean, that is in the police report. Wow. Like, how is that not a big deal? And the, yeah, I mean, the that's idea... like pretty wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we like, were, t- we were talking before, uh, we started recording because, you know, I, I like to uh, talk to folks for a second. And, um, you, you said something that I, 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 I don't remember it exactly. So I hope, I hope you can recreate it. But about like, th- this isn't, it, it's not about activism. <laughs> you know, it's about like, doing what's right you know um because at what point does this because we we were talking about baseball being this like american thing and a public trust and all that and and this erodes a public trust you know because it it, for me too it's it's and this is not just a men do this to women issue but it can be and at what point are you like yeah we we really don't care about women (laughs) and girls because a we don't let them play the sport b they're not on the field like ever and that's not the truth but they're not omnipresent you know and then also when these players who are all men because we it's a men's league uh are physically assaulting women we really don't give a shit so like when are they going to care about that fan base you know yeah and that's and i think it's uh i mean i think it's again like all of these issues are related the one that like I mean, the, I think when you and obviously like some are are more serious than others, and and there's there's more history of it. But like, it, it, I think if you I think are genuine about it and authentic and like actually give a shit, it's easy to it like these things become like like the, the problems take care of themselves. And that like are or like are does that mean like there's going to be no domestic violence or sexual assault issues in baseball? Of course not. No, it's going to happen. But I don't think the fact that there I don't think the fact that there are that that exists in baseball is what what would prevent female fans from from watching the game or being turned off by it or really put off by it. I think it's the fact of when there's a response of this, like you know, we like actually don't really give a shit. Like yeah, just like go go sit in your corner. I think that's what what is so off putting about it. Absolutely, that's it's... The, that's the element of the, that's like really trouble. That's the element that troubles people, and I think the. I think that's that part is very avoidable, and and I don't know I don't know what the right answer to that is. I don't know whether it's you like maybe it's like the the 
you don't sell the person's jersey in the store, maybe because that's what's like bothers the victim of that, having that happen so much. I don't know. Like, I agree with you. It's like the, the, like, at some point we have to like reconcile how we view these things as a society of like whether it's, like you're isolate, you can't like isolate people to a leper colony for the rest of their lives. No, not at all. But like, there, there's a medium between that and then like being like, like, God damn it, this woman recorded this during the playoff run. Like, shame on her. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I think you know, just exiling people, all that does is breed resentment all the way around. And like, some mm-hmm. people would bristle at me saying that to be like, well, they shouldn't have done. It's like, okay, yeah, but they did. So the next right thing to do, let's figure that out together, which is not, you know, like a player like Addison Russell, right? Like I, I it, 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 that whole story upsets me tremendously the way that the Cubs have handled it from every, every turn, you know? Um, if you look at the Cubs statements from back when they, I, I, I forget the exact time, you know, this from but back when they initially, it came out that they were going to, uh, I, th- I think it was when they were tendering the contract. And there was like they had obviously anticipated there was going to be some backlash for that and made statements to the effect of like how he was going to be on like a short leash and and they were going to be monitoring this and like the growth and the rehabilitation on the off field issues was very much like part and parcel of the of him being like accepted back into a member of the a member of the of the organization in good standing and like what else could you say if you're Addison Russell in the last two weeks to like make more of a mockery of that I mean he has like gone way out of his way oh absolutely because uh, and, 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 like if, if he you like might as well wear a sign of like I, I guess what guys I'm like back and I really don't fucking get it I really haven't done anything <laughs> and then they no. put him on the field on Mother's Day you know yeah and like yeah I mean this <laughs> idea that like it's, it's like and that's what I'm like you know what it, it, it's uh, it, it, there, there is a part of me that's like a little uncomfortable. Like, I, I really like Theo Epstein. I really do. Like, I, I think Theo is like a, he's extremely intelligent. I think, like, relative to the vast majority of people in baseball, I think he's like a conscientious, thoughtful guy. I think, like, I, I think he, like, is full of shit on this. Like, I just yeah. do. And I think that's, like, where baseball has a blind spot. A huge blind like, spot. It's, a, it's like, just get off, like, like, get off, like, get off the high horse and like to say like you know like we actually don't give a shit and this is like a cold calculating callous decision it is what it is like like it or not like the guy the guy we we think he's gives us the best chance to like as as a value add on the baseball field and we wish he didn't we wish this incident didn't happen but it did but when you go on about like oh like we're specifically going to tender him a contract and keep him here because we care so much like come on yeah you can't like we're not all you can't play both sides of that you know because because there's no why not have transparency as to what the rehabilitation is because to me that could help people you know but we we talk about the wrong things we point the finger at the victim and all you know this that everything that can tear that person down and like the truth is the more vulnerable the person the more likely they are to be targeted for something like this you know, well, for think this... about the, the. That's a great point. Think about the the two the Dodgers example that, that you brought up. Yes. Like, look at that segment of the population, and and that. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, w- about the most vulnerable segment that you can deal with, and like when you have a a a hotel worker in in Arizona who doesn't want to report things to the police, like what, like 
it's fairly easy to hazard a guess of why that's the case. Sure. And even if that isn't true, like we could go down. Yeah, we could guess that or you even just look at it on the. On I, mean, the I, I know. Yeah, I, yeah I, absolutely. I'm not no, saying no, you're saying anything wrong. This one, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. No, to just, I, I don't uh, think that. Make that up. But there's but there's a million good reasons why that might not be the why that like somebody may not want to. And right. They don't want to lose their job. I don't actually don't really give a shit shit whether people agree with it or not because it's not their choice to make. No, it's not. And like that person is vulnerable because they're at work. That's why like sexual harassment at work is such a big problem. Like, yeah, maybe don't compliment a woman's dress at work because it makes her feel uncomfortable because she's there to do a job. And then, you know, go down the road and go, oh, this person is doing their job in a room with beds in it and they're alone. Like, that's very vulnerable, regardless of, you know, and they're making ten five dollars an hour. That's a vulnerable person, you know? Um, and then when you look look at how that got bastardized from the, from like, you have like lawyers with the, the on the, the Dodgers lawyer made a statement in that article of, of and this, this is the kind of thing like, I think should be like, like publicly shamed to like the highest degree where the guy made a statement of, of taking that idea of like the victim not wanting to to go to authorities and and i will say like point blank i don't know that to be the case i was to the degree that i was involved i was not aware of that i think that was that's like pretty disingenuous to to suggest afterwards of like oh we didn't report it because like we just like made that up so it's a little bit self-serving um but even even if that accepting that that did happen and was communicated in some way I, i actually highly doubt that it was but let's assume that was the case there is a distinct difference between, okay, fine, we will not report this to the police at your request, and then we are also not going to report this internally or do anything internally remotely productive or follow Major League Baseball's policies. Like, that <laughs> right. is insane. Yeah. I mean, that's just like in being willfully irresponsible at that point. Yeah, and it's it's really, it's really, really not wanting to get caught on anything and not ha- take any responsibility. I mean, that would be like, to bring it back to your story... If when you sat there and somebody was reaming you out for somebody getting a DUI and you just went, but, but, but I didn't do it. And like, how is that ever going to do anything? You know? Yeah. You didn't do it, but you didn't prevent it. So like, take some responsibility. All this stuff is, you know, like we talk about like toxic masculinity and all this shit all the time. It's like, I don't know, man, be a man about this. You know, (laughs) like to me, being a man about this is going like, this is, we do not tolerate behavior like this. And this is what we're going to do about it. But the the complete opposite is happening, which is we don't tolerate getting caught because we're worried about our bottom line and we don't want to have to deal with this shit. And like players are going to do this because there's also lines in that article about like, oh, we know we've got this many guys on the team that do this shit and we just like don't care because what it makes them better players like it definitely doesn't you know like they're this is this is bad humanity and bad humanity is always going to just procreate more bad humanity you know and like correcting yeah, and the it, behavior you're absolutely right is is not gonna this is not part of being a man you know it just isn't like like but you know you, it's so predictable and that if you look at like how this is i mean I've, I've been in these sessions with um with the major league baseball and the teams put on of where where with like a lot of the young players from the dominican and, and the academies down there and and even like the young minor leaguers in general of the message that is sent is, oh, like women are there to like exploit you. It's it's almost like this like God. like like to use a caricature of it. It's like 
be careful because like they're gonna poke a hole in a condom and and like that's what oh like my God. that's like the, your interaction with women i mean that it's like the crass version of it but it's it's like it's like they're out there like basically don't like be careful on social media because like women are out there to like trap you and and they're after your money and, and that type of thing and that message is very clearly sent and not i mean there's there's really like no like like okay like what does it mean to like like actually be in a healthy relationship and not <laughs> not be a douchebag in general yeah i mean that's been my thing i mean it's not like i didn't think that was the case but like to hear you actually say it is pretty pretty mind-blowing but um because it's like 2019 and you think like oh yeah. the 40s don't exist but yeah they still do for sure but like yeah how how is there not because i actually have like empathy in in a way empathy not sympathy or pity but like it it to me i i and i have like a bit about this in stand-up of like why men get those attitudes and how sad it makes me you know because there's so it, it it's just pounded into men like women suck they just want to go shopping they just want your money they just want this oh you're 18 go marry one how can you expect a person to have a healthy relationship with someone when that person and who that person is has just been flattened into this idea uh, that's awful you know and like these guys are uh, people that are playing baseball at this level that's all they've been doing for their life so how do you have mm -hmm. time to grow and nurture like healthy relationships most of your relationships are probably within baseball and your teammates and then like every now and then on the weekend or whatever you're trying to go get chicks and like that doesn't grow that part of your life at all and they have no time for it so, like, to me, this stuff has to be starting so, like, at age six, which brings me back to why co-ed sports are so positive, because it can actually counteract a lot of this stuff, which is you have to share the field and you have to be a teammate to somebody that doesn't look like you and to somebody that people keep telling you is uh, this evil thing. And what if you guys turn a double play together and you just go, like, great play? you know um because i've learned a lot a lot of respect for men and what they go through in doing that and i'm 36 <laughs> you know um mm -hmm. and so like i actually feel like co-ed sports um could really do a lot of undoing of this damage well not undoing but like stop creating so much of it because when we when we separate everybody out they're just separate and we're looking at each other across a field and not interacting with each other because I also learned how much men uh, like pull back and don't say things to me. Be or, and they're also just not used to playing sports with women. And like, they just don't know how to do it. And like, what if we just knew how to do that together? It's why, you know, workplace harassment happens. Because like, we're still learning how to work together 50 years into it, you know? <laughs> but Oh, yeah. And I, that's a, I mean, it, it, I, I think that what, what you're talking about applies like across the board in literally every issue that we've talked about, whether it's it's the lack of, of women working in baseball and like when there are women, they are almost like viewed as a as a token to, that, are, that is there and Absolutely. people walk on eggshells. And, and I, I sadly have seen this firsthand of way too many times of where when there are uh, when there are women in baseball, people act very differently. And if there is a problem that arises, there's really never a discussion of of like 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 the propriety of of certain behaviors and it's well if we didn't have women here there wouldn't be a problem right and so that is like unfortunately the answer i mean i, I did not work in baseball that long and there there were 
three or four occasions where I, I had a, a female colleague like in my office cry about something. My God. I mean, that, that's that's like pretty, pretty like awful. That's a lot. And, like, I mean, it's bad. It's like unacceptable. And and these were this was not like this was not cases of like, I mean, like, like people like I, I would say, like being like overly sensitive. Yeah, by any thin stretch. It, was, it, was, like, it was like like they just want to do their job and like be treated like everyone else and like not have like someone make like outlandish comments like that that's fair game like yeah, that is absolutely fair. like you can go to work every day without like your colleagues being assholes absolutely because i mean i the same goes for tim anderson and brad keller like tim anderson just wants to go to work and not have the ball thrown at his head <laughs> you know same yeah. shit it's the and same the, thing um, and like what you're talking about with, with like creating engagement um it breaks down a lot of these a lot of these issues um like i think this is most most applicable on the on the veteran side of one of the things that that I was a huge advocate for is just actually like putting people in contact and getting to know like an act, an actual veteran You're and, sure. or, or someone that serves. So it's not like they became a, a real person to you and not just this, this abstract concept. Right. Yes. Yeah. People becoming, and, and this is like, to me that cause, cause we were talking about, it's not active. Like this is the most integral part of activism and it's not just like visibility cause visibility is progress and all that stuff. But it's, it's, it's actually like a, a tangibility of another person's experience, you know, like we, we haven't like you, 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 you've told me that, you know, you served as a Marine. I've told you that I'm a stand up comic, but we've, we've had a very full conversation because we've come mm-hmm. to each other as human beings with facets of our experience that we can then like see each other as people now, you know? Um, and that is also to me, like what baseball is actually about. And I know that's like a very far fetched idea, but it's like, this game is about the history of this country. You know, it's existed for almost the entire history of this country. And every time you watch a game, all the people who've ever played it are playing it in front of you, you know? And that humanity of the game is is what I love about it so much and why I feel like it has so much possibility to do all of the things that we're talking about. Because I, I actually do have the hope and, and naivete that you've been talking about that it has possibility, that it's not just about all this bad stuff. Like, these bad things will always happen, unfortunately. It's like you were saying about military service. It, it, it This will always exist. I wish it didn't, but it will. And so what are we going to do? How are we going to take responsibility? And how are we going to not blame people and not sweep things under the rug? How are we going to just show up and do the job? You know, how are we going to play as a team? And I think that's like yeah, and, and, the and most important conversation talk- right now. And what you talked about with like the engagement of like that, does, like that doesn't mean that everyone is going to agree, but you and that that's actually like okay that's not that's like not a bad thing like we're like that's actually i would argue like the the foundation of like america is at its best and it's the foundation of our strength when we are like actually like vibrantly disagreeing but not like not starting from a point of like hating each other of course yes and that that's that's actually that's a beautiful thing i mean it's like one of our we, we don't get into the when we can avoid like the the collective like group thinking like and like being automatons on, on everything. Like we're like, we're pretty damn good. And the, the idea that like on the, on, it applies on an individual level more than anything of where like you and I can like sit here, like you mentioned, like sit here and talk like human beings and, and coming to the table with vastly different experiences. And, and pro- like, I'm sure if we like 
like started get, getting into it, there'd be like specific issues that that we might have different thoughts on. But that that's perfectly fine. And like when you don't assume like bad faith from somebody, that that makes it a lot different. And and at, what, the beautiful part about that is you actually might get to a point where like one of us might like evolve a little bit from from a, a position and. We're probably actually going to come come to the uh, perspective that we were both a little better off than when we started the conversation, and that that's where I think there's like a real value add. And the uh, like one of the things I get asked about all the time is with like Colin Kaepernick and and mm. kneeling and and you know what like I I don't like I'm I think it's like stupid to take a personal affront to that as a veteran. I, I like I. I that that one to start off with really bothers me, but I, it's like also like hard, like I don't necessarily like like love the idea. I, I I like the idea of like I think it's noble to protest, and and the entire point of protest is it like it, it, you wouldn't need to protest if it need need to draw attention. Exactly, like that's, that's sort of the point. But like I, like you know the the I I wish I wish we could look at certain things of like have like actual universal national ideals that we, we, we all aspire to and, and, and that we rec- can recognize at the same time, like we're not there. I also recognize that like, you know what, I was pretty fortunate and like had a different experience than other people, but like, it's hard for me to fault somebody who like wants to make the world a better place. Even if I don't necessarily agree with what that looks like, like that, like somebody and somebody who's putting some skin in the game to do so, like, like whether I agree with them or not, like like I have some respect for that. I mean, that's that that like that's what what moves things forward. I mean, I don't like I, I'm certainly not going to fault somebody like whether I agree with them or not. Like we need that. We need people to like courageously speak up and like take principled positions and and actually like do so when there's a cost. Absolutely. I mean, because that is kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's no cost, then it's pointless and nobody cares and people are still talking about it so it must be effective right <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. And, and, and i mean like, i think there's a lot to be like look there's a like a lot to be like learned from from those conversations and i i i learned a lot from like i, I wasn't I, I could tell i wasn't really at a point of equilibrium in my views on that and, and there was a point where some people had asked me to do an op-ed and and an interview on the subject. And I would just like, you know what I, I like, I ended up turning down cause I, I just didn't feel like I was, it wasn't, I wasn't comfortable sharing my opinions on it. I just di- didn't want it to get boiled down to a soundbite and didn't know, like I didn't, hadn't done enough homework on it and wasn't really sure how I felt. And I ended up like learning a lot from talking to people that, that had different experiences on it. Yeah. And I, I think you get at a, at a really great point, which is everything gets boiled down to a soundbite. You know, and I mean, it's kind of been that way. It's not like before it didn't, that didn't happen. Like sound bites have been around for a long time. And that's what's so difficult is that like Colin Kaepernick did that because it's something you would see. It happened. He also didn't like, it, despite the fact that a lot of attention was drawn to it, he wasn't out there like waving his hands. And I mean, he did it in a way he was told by veterans, hey, why don't you do it this way? And then he changed and did it that way. It's like a pretty quiet, somber protest, you know, um, but then there's no soundbite to that. So then these sound bites have been created out of it and it's been boiled down to, like you said, just like one thing or the other. It's either you love America or you hate it. And like, that's not the point, you know, <laughs> like that's not. Yeah, and you and you and likewise, like, you know, what? There, there are things that, that he 
like his views of his that like I like don't agree with. Sure. And that does, but like what that becomes then it, it gets turned into is like, you have to be like the, it's very, very analogous in a lot of ways to, to like domestic violence, sexual assault issues where like you need to be like the perfect victim or the perfect messenger or like the issue itself isn't valid. Right. And that, that's, that is highly problematic in, in a lot of ways. And it's, um, I mean, that it's just like, you can't have in like how many like intelligent conversations do we actually have about this? Like, I, I don't think it's that hard to get to a place where we can say like, you know what? The vast majority of like police officers, I think like probably are, are serving with good intentions and, and doing a good thing. Like are, are there's like some in, inherent problems here and, and that, that they need to address and they need to be held accountable for. And, and th- this obviously affects like different communities in, in vastly disproportionate ways. And that, that's highly problematic. And you should be able to walk down the street without worrying about getting shot. Yes. Like that's, that's <laughs> right. like, I think, I don't think that that's like all that controversial stuff. And, it, and, but like, t- like we've seen like stuck in this idea of like police officers are bad pigs or like, like they're, and then they're all, they're trying to like, all of them are out there trying to kill black people or this idea of like Colin Kaepernick and anybody who kneels hates America. Right. Exactly. Like there's a middle ground there. There, There is definitely a middle ground there, which is, I think we can all agree that the less like, citizens of a place that are being killed it it's better <laughs> you know like, like yeah like, right, like that's an, kind of it an, so how do like, we i don't want i don't want like fellow americans being shot at in our street like in an unjust way like I yeah, don't, that period period <laughs> cops yeah. not cops you know it, period and there's i i'm i'm on the same side there you know and like there's a big good, middle ground i also want honorable men and women to serve as police officers right i I agree because we're not going to not have cops like that's just not going to happen. So how do we put more and it goes back to training. It goes back to conversations and it goes back to training because I I mean, I hear a lot this. Here's here's one of my opinions just to put it out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's even that I don't think it's even that far leaning, which is that like there's an excuse that is used often, which is I was in fear for my life. And I'm like, look, for real, if you're in fear for your life, often as a cop, I think maybe you should find another job. (laughs) because like and that's a real thing i understand that being in fear for your life is a real thing but if you are walking around as a person who is in fear of your life then this stuff is going to happen so it goes back to training and who we are putting in these positions and what we're doing when things happen because behaviors come up and this goes back to domestic violence and it is sometimes predictable and then you are not paying attention to what's going on. But now we're, we've sort of lost the thread. We're going very far down on like police yeah, violence. And my point is simply like, I think we do agree, which is how do we put the best people in the best position to, yeah, to serve a, a thing? The, the, like I, I have thoughts on the subject from like, I mean, it, it's in a lot of ways, it's really similar to what what you see with like the idea of like civilian casualties are going to happen in combat like they have happened in every single war and always will it's it's an unfortunate it it like you, no matter how well intentioned or careful you are like w- when when you're shooting shooting a lot of bullets and blowing a lot of stuff up like people are going to get hurt it happens but intentions matter and like the idea that like you, at the end of the day, the the thing that like like you have to be pretty ruthless about is ensuring people are acting in good faith. And and there's, I mean, think about the, like the 
just like the gravity of responsibility that comes with like being able to like take a human life. That's yes. like no shit serious endeavor and needs to be treated as such. And that like, I mean, I can promise you that the, when, when there are mistakes made, like the people that are acting in good faith, like it, it affects, they are devastated by that. I agree. I mean, absolutely devastated by that. And the, uh, and, and I think like as a, as a general rule of thumb, like, like the vast majority, like I, there were instances where like, like a couple in particular, like where the, like my own unit, like some of the, Marines like out on their own or I wasn't even with them. They, they did a, uh, they at great personal risk, like, like incurred a great deal of risk in order to avoid shooting, shooting a, a, a young kid in, in one case. And that is, uh, like, I was really, really proud of them for that. If like, they, they would have been well within their rights. They wouldn't have been prosecuted, but they went out of their way to do the right thing at, at great personal risk. And like that, that type of action like exists and and when where and the point is, is like where it doesn't like that's where like we you can't like cover it up you can't like sweep it under the rug you have to be transparent about it because like I I want to live in a country where like we do give benefit of the doubt to police officers where we do like assume that they're acting in good faith and when you're not they need to be crushed yes <laughs> we I mean we're you're, in like, solid you, agreement you know who's with speaking that. out most uh, this has been in the news this week with uh, mm -hmm. the, the pardons for for war crimes that have happened in, in the recent wars and, and veterans are pissed about it oh yeah it's not good for the business <laughs> no and, and i mean it just get, gets at like the honor of what we do i mean like like i'm really proud of of having been a marine and all that entails and part of the reason like i'm proud of that is because so many people have done that for for over for centuries and have done some like pretty damn good things wearing that uniform and not not soiled it right and when people do soil that and and, and i think this, this is something that matters to civilians too because like pe these people are fighting on your behalf they're fighting in your name so like you should give a shit of how they're doing that. well it's like you said you're responsible and we're all responsible and you know? we don't and like the idea of like what what like oh our, our enemies are savages or, or whatever like you know what like i would argue that it, it frankly like doesn't matter of like like uh, this is an area of like we we absolutely need to hold ourselves to a higher standard and say we are better than this. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> but sorry, that was my rant on that. No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I went not sidetracked there. No, it's all right. And uh, I mean, we've had a really great conversation, and it doesn't even feel like it's been as long as it has been. Um, but I've I've really enjoyed it. And I would love to wrap up with the quickest, like, because you told me that uh, you wanted to tell me your, like, your dad's thoughts on the 2016 World Series. So you have, like, oh, a... No, was, you, oh, you know what? Yeah. So it's, uh, I was, uh, I, at the, originally, I was referring to the, I wanted to get your, your take on the uh, Indians logo with that, not the World Series. Oh, oh got it. But, Great. Um, but uh, you know what? The, I think he was, that, that was, like, I, I was devastated for him with that, yes. but it was also like one of the most uh, like fulfilling things because they sh they shouldn't have been there. Oh, and yeah, th they had no business like beating some of the teams that they beat on the way, and they it, like you almost like hurt for that like like the city and the fans and and one of the things that I think they've done like I give give that I know like and I will say there are a lot of valid reasons to I I. I I know people are going to disagree with things about the logo and how that's been handled. I think there are, I, I 
I think the way it's been handled is is pretty disingenuous, and there's a lot of double speak involved on all sides there. But the, the I, I do think it's a like relatively well run organization with some some good people there, and they uh, one of the things they did with the the city that was awesome and kind of just like the the way they handled it is when when they started to get good in the last handful of years. There, there was a lot of talk about the attendance and people not not attending and and what often happens is you see people like shit all over the city and the fans and and they this was a deliberate effort they they talked to the players about like hey like you guys are making a shit ton of money like don't be assholes and criticize the people who aren't making that much for not spending it to come watch you play baseball <laughs> yeah exactly and so they, they went out and gave tickets to people and and said like you know what we are grateful for the people that choose to like spend their discretionary income coming to the ballpark like a lot of people are like hurting after the recession it is what it is like like and they they i, I think they i think that was like a remarkable example because sports organizations do have a tendency to to like blame your customers for not using your product. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. And and so like, I, I like, I just felt like, I mean, that was like really painful because you wanted it for them so bad. Oh, I mean, I, yes, I've watched them lose the world series three times oh. in my lifetime. Um, and I, I did want it for them so bad <laughs> despite, yeah. you know, my feelings on the logo, my feelings on the name, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, you know, whatever. I'll still, I'll have that chip on my shoulder for a long time. And like, they, it, nobody talks about the fact that like a bunch of players got sick. Nobody talks about the fact that that Sunday night coming back to Cleveland, their their transportation was like six hours late. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> but you know, and tra- I think I honestly feel like Trevor Bauer doesn't cut his finger on that drone. I don't know that the Cubs would have won their first wor- World Series in 108 years. You know. You need, we'll never know. Tre- you need to get Trevor on here. He's an interesting cat. Has, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, see. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I mean, talk about like disagreeing on a lot of stuff. <laughs> but you know what? Like, I actually, tre- Trevor, it, it, like, I, I actually think this that is like probably would be like the extreme example of like it would be. Oh, I, I would I would pay like good money to listen to that. First oh, of all. sure. But it would be fascinating to hear you guys go back and forth. But like, and you know what? Like. I agree with some things with Trevor. I don't agree with others. Like, you know what? He's out there for the most part. Like he yeah. engages with people. Like I give him credit for that at least. And he, he says some like dumb shit from time to time. He says some good shit from time to time. He like cares. He He's not like, at least he's not like a total fraud. Like, like he's gonna, he's gonna say some dumb shit. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Totally. I mean, it did. It was really unfortunate when that woman was like collateral damage yes, of getting yes, all that. But agreed. at the same time, I mean, I want to point the finger at that guy and blame him for it. But it's like that's that is social media, unfortunately. And it's 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 the the, the downfall. It's that. And like, I, you know, he has said I some don't stuff agree that with I, like how he handles all of these things. Of course. Uh, but yes, I, but I, yes. I also don't think like it's kind of the idea of like like there's a lot of like trevor also does like a lot of awesome shit that, that i agree makes I a mean, lot I, of people's lives better yeah i saw him on mlb network and they were like well what do you think about puig and he's like mm-hmm. i think he's good for the game and like that's the last person i thought that would say that so mm-hmm. like you know everybody contains multitudes and like i'm not excusing the bad behavior but i'm also saying like yeah i mean he's there's things that he does that are positive he raises a and lot of money and, and more than anything i just give like he's himself like yeah good for him for like like you know what oh, there's a lot of people like look out like the narrative like when trevor came up of like so i think the indians like like one of the things they they like deserve some credit for as an organization is really like embracing that of like 
I mean, Trevor, like when he first came up to the big leagues, it was like, you, you have this like privy and he's uncoachable and he's a weird dude and, and all this stuff. And it's like, just like, let him be him. And like, like Trevor, like do you within like certain parameters of like right. respo- responsible human behavior. And, um, within that, like, like be the best version of yourself that you can be. And like, you know what, like he's grown a lot, like, uh, like as a, at, like in the way that he like communicates with people and on the field like it's 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 been like that's been really fulfilling to see that's i mean that's great and it's hard i think sometimes for fans to see it because you don't see all that stuff and i guess ultimately and that is like the point of this conversation mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of hiding things when we could just be like embracing a lot more of it and being a lot yeah. more open there's there's nothing you know if you let things out if you let them into the air and the sun it tends to get figured out you know like when you just are open and honest about things and and you try that's kind of the best method you know like yeah. is we just and, and you, look and you, each other in the should... eye and talk to each other about stuff and be honest and be forthright about it we will figure it out you know and people and the the right question I think to ask when you see that happening is, is like there's a reason why people don't do that. I agree. That's, and and yeah. what, what are they what do they not want to be honest about right now? It's like what like if I ask you like the way we started the conversation like if I pretty simple question like I'm buying a Memorial Day hat for forty dollars like you're literally putting ads up about like how it's to honor the memory of dead soldiers. Sure. Like how much are you donating to charity? And you say like well like obviously i'm not going to tell you that like we've got a problem there you go there you go uh, I, I know this is wide ranging i appreciate you uh <laughs> indulging me no i mean look if there were two words that describe this podcast it would be wide ranging so <laughs> i really do feel like um this was i i mean i i had a wonderful time talking to you about some pretty heavy subjects but that's kind of what i think is important and and is what's needed in this conversation is two people discussing things from perhaps different vantage points but having a lot of agreements about it and, and not screaming at each other <laughs> which we didn't do a single time because there was no need um because we agree on a lot of this stuff you know and and like I, I honestly think that's the only way anything is going to progress is by finding agreement with each other. Um, yeah. And, and like, ultimately one thing I would, I would like want to wrap up with my, uh, from my side is that like, like it, it's really like one of the things that like hurts to see a lot is like when people are like, Oh, you're like, like when I get like dismissed as like you're at war with baseball or you're like disgruntled. And it's like, you know what? Like it's actually the, the opposite of that. Like I love it so much and care about it so much that like it actually does like, like it's heartbreaking to me to see people like say that like they can't enjoy baseball. Like that breaks my heart. And like, absolutely like that, like I enough to like actually do something about it. I mean, that is like, honestly the whole, not the whole, but a big reason why I made this podcast and why I haven't shied away from this stuff, because I do, I just want it to be better. You know, I, I I want to enjoy it and I don't want to have to look away from things that are very real and very fixable. (laughs) you know they're very we spend all this time working on mechanics pitching you know hitting all this stuff like you can spend a little time fixing this stuff too and it it will make everything so much better and 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 we'll have a better time you know it will be better every it will all be better it all just like radiates out you know yep i think uh the more the more light that is shined it'll uh it'll it'll make the cockroach just scurry into the dark i agree nick well, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I really appreciate you spending this much time with me and my listeners. I appreciate it. 
I enjoyed it. I, I learned a lot and I appreciate uh, you sharing your perspectives on things. And this was an awesome conversation. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I'd love to have you back on anytime to discuss any, any more of this stuff. Cause I feel like we're going to keep talking about it as a culture. So <laughs> of course. Awesome. My friend. Well, I'm going to hit, uh, turn this off. Okay. Like, would it be addressing like sexual assault issues? Like that was not the plan or, or like any of the, any of the diversity issues for that matter. But like, if I can do something about it and then I don't, then like, that is my fault. Yeah. Like if you have a chance to make something better and choose not to, like that's on you. It totally is. And, and I think that's where like, like for, for better or worse, I'm probably really stubborn about that. That's like, <laughs> that's like bred into you in the Marine Corps. And I, I'm, I don't like, I, I wish there weren't all these consequences for that, but I, I also like, I can't like, I'm not going to apologize for that because I think it's a good thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately progress doesn't happen like super easily, you know, <laughs> like something's, yeah. there, there's always like, uh, yeah. yeah Matter is neither created nor destroyed. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all got to fit together and sometimes yeah, and it's, it's difficult. It, it, it's, it's really, I, I, I do think there like things are going to like I, my, my, at the macro level, what like me, uh, like I would, it, I, it, 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 part of me, like I went for contact, I went to Wharton for undergrad, which is like the like high cathedral of like Milton Friedman capitalism, right? Yeah, and uh, and so like almost like have that as like the default position, but like would be the first one to say that like baseball needs to be made into a public trust. <laughs> sure, I was like, it's like the only way any of this stuff gets fixed because I think like there's like these structural flaws right now that like literally create all of these issues. It's not great. But it'll, uh, on, on the, one of my friends pointed out like last night, he said like on the positive side, like he's like, you've done a fucking job on them. I mean, and it's so, very like, true. With, he's like with one person, he's like, think about it. It's like, you're a dude with like 2000 Twitter followers. Like, and look what you, like you have wreaked havoc. He's like, that is like, he's like, you've cost him like $10 million in legal fees alone. he's like you've got to like that's like that matters it does matter and so he's like eventually like this will change yeah for sure because i mean people i'm i'm paying attention other people are paying attention and Mm -hmm. yeah like i said you have you've had an opportunity with like name recognition and just like all of the things that make you you and uh it, it people look at it you know whether they agree with it or not they had to think about it you know, and that is all that it takes. Like, you can't force somebody to change, but you can like plant the seed. You know, you can get them started on it, and it might take ten years. It might take twenty years for somebody to be like, "Oh, man, I was really wrong about that." <laughs> you know, but you yeah, have to have that good faith that it's going to happen. And I think things like 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 there, I think things like like your podcast. I like would strongly encourage you to. Like keep doing that because it ma- it ma- I believe this to my core that it matters because people can see that like oh like I can be who I am and like baseball and and you know what you like take away from your podcast is like you're talking you talk about some pretty heavy shit and you talk about it and you're like you know what they actually know what they're talking about in baseball too like that comes through like these are not mutually exclusive <laughs> yeah right and but like you can you go from talking about dv and sexual assault issues to like throwing in casual comments about roster moves that like you are obviously paying close attention to it and get it and have opinions on it and and like they are not it's 
like you you can be whatever gender you want and still know baseball. Like, I know it's like a shocking concept. It's so shocking. And so you're <laughs> kidding me. You mean you can just like baseball? <laughs> it's it's funny and that but like that bias is so real and that like I was listening to I'll send you a link to this because it's the best. It was one of the best discussions I've heard on. I, I wish every male working in baseball could hear this. There was a Mets podcast called uh, was it a pod of their own? I think mm-hmm. I'll have to find it. It's like a. I don't think it has like that big of a following. And it's uh these three three women who like really really I mean like really know their shit on yeah. baseball like on a insane like like, like a they are like sabermetrics level on this stuff. Yeah. Like they, it's like, do you guys like do anything other than like study roster moves and like the CBA? It's like really weird how much they know. And, but very, it stands out like it's very impressive. But they had an unbelievably good discussion on the, on domestic violence over the course of two episodes. And I, I came away from it like, man, I really wish I had listened to this like before because like I feel like so much more knowledgeable and like almost like more armed where I could have like talked to others about it. Because it was just like such common sense language and how they described it, and you're like, it, it's and you just like almost like feel bad. Or like why? Like it's bullshit that like we. The problem is like people, women don't actually have a voice in our domestic violence policy. So like <laughs> right. obviously that's where you're going to go wrong. And and you hear them talking. It's like this is like this is like what baseball baseball is healthy when this is happening. Like these are this is a good thing. Like allow this environment to exist. Like cultivate it. Celebrate it. Be, like, 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 why? Like, we should be like. If you went to make, work for Major League Baseball, though, like, they would turn you into like an Uncle Tom as quick as you could like imagine. Oh yeah, like, well because be, it like, yeah, be, like you you would be like such a fraud. Like that's like how it works, right? Because it's all about money. Yeah, and like not about like honest conversations. Yeah. Well, I appreciate this very honest no, conversation. It's been really I, wonderful. I I really enjoyed it. Um, let me know if uh. If you need anything else on my end, or I'll, I'll try to send you those links that I mentioned. Yeah, sounds good. Um, and yeah, and I'd so, love to have you back on again this season. You know, at some point, whenever you want. Of course, to. whenever, whenever you, whenever you want, I'll, I'll be make myself available. And we'll uh, make sure to catch your Twitter handle in the. It, hopefully, this will go up tomorrow. So I'd love to okay, get it cool. out tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we'll awesome. tag you it's, and everything. Uh, I, I think we follow each other, but it's uh, yes. Nick for just my name. Yep, Nick perfect. Fergana. Yeah, I followed you yesterday, I think. So, great. Yep. Thank awesome, you very dude. much, Rhea. I enjoyed this. I really appreciate this. And, like, literally, personally, thank you for, for what you're doing. I know I know that's, like, hard to hear, but, um, like, you really don't have to do this. And I know that you know that. And that is also what makes it good. But because you say that, but you do if you know better. Like, you do have to do it. Yes. You 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 do have to do it. If you've seen it, yeah. you have to do it. And, like, that, yeah, that like, is actually the difference. Um, that's the paradox. If you're wired that way, like, you don't really... You don't actually have a choice. Right. You don't actually have a choice, which is good. And, like, hopefully people that are listening to this podcast can see that that is, like, a positive thing that comes out of military service, you know? To, to see all of that, which is that, like, you... uh some of your like marine training has helped you to give back to communities that you wouldn't think would be the case you know what i mean it's like oh i oh. think that's like i think that's like a hundred i am like adamant that that is a hundred percent like 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 correlated to like the way my baseball career went yeah and i don't mean that as like a bad thing is i mean that as like a like you know what like i would be like i thank god i'm not like the like lawyerly like when a when like 
a female colleague comes and like cries to you that you're not sitting there being like, please, like, I don't want people to see this, like get out of my office. Like, <laughs> right, it's yeah. like let me like find out who the fuck did this and I'm going to fuck them up. Right. Yeah. It's like, a good attitude, a, you know? And, and we, we like, I think, I think that's like, like I, I'm like, I, I like say it in like crass terms, like when I'm describing that, but I am like proud of like fighting for people that can't fight for themselves. That's like why you join the Marines. Yeah. And like, we need some of that. And, and, and it's not, and that's why I'm like also like so vitriolic and went on my tirade about like pardoning war criminals because like that is like we we do not do that. That that's is not, like, yeah, that is not acceptable. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate what you do. And thanks so much for spending so much time on my podcast. I think everybody's gonna love it. It was awesome. I'm gonna go catch up on on some of the other ones. Awesome, man. Well, have a great rest of your day, and uh, I'll talk right. to you soon. Thanks. You too. Have a good day, Ria. Bye, Nick. Bye.